Hello, screeners. How are you doing? It's me, the one AJ, Anthony Jordan. And me, Nico Lero. Shout out to all of the Nicoholics. It is good, 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 good to be back. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. How, how, well, first of all, before we before we go anywhere, congratulations on the name. Uh, with that's there. Daddy Goo, the channel's doing amazing. Some great stuff there. Nice little insight into gaming, my bro. <laughs> Thank you, man. I'm doing what I can. It's a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> listen, I, listen, I don't doubt it. As I said, like, Dan gave me the cap card and short of plugging the ps5 into the macbook then seeing right. i could physically play i've not had the chance so i admire the, the time and effort it, it's put into putting all of that together man. yeah like i have to say i'm quite proud of um, i'm quite proud of the one thing which is that one of the videos has gone over five thousand views and i'm like yeah. what the fuck i mean <laughs> the, the the others let's just say have not <laughs> <laughs> Bro, listen, listen. This this YouTube game is such a unpredictable little son of a what have you? Because some stuff mm. you do it and you, you like you know, put it this way on the ministry front. I'm celebrating. One has crossed, and this is without anything else. It's just there on its own, crossing the 300 mark. There's another 12. Okay. Difference, yeah. It's so weird, like, and it's the the type of thing that's entertaining people. It's just I, I'm old or I don't have my finger on the pulse. I don't know, bro, but like, it's the sort of thing where I was like, ah, oh, that's fun. It'll probably get a few cheeky views. Five thousand. I was like, okay, let me upload this ch something similar. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah, it's just I don't get. It's so weird, and what bugs me as well is what creates an algorithm. Because put it this way, let's say. And apologies to anyone who's not in this game that we're in. <laughs> but you guys will get an idea. You, I don't mind if I got a video out. Let's mm. say, I won't quote, um, you know, touch wood on this video. But let's say a video gets posted. Let's take one of my reels, one that's just been posted. And I get 12 likes. But, uh, you know, 15 views. You're happy. But then if the following video with the same buzzwords mm. gets two views. It's not, you, do, do you get what I'm saying? You, you're kind of like, well, I haven't said anything or done anything different. So what's the attraction? What is it yeah. you need from me? I could get it if the views didn't match the likes and you're like, mm, okay, that's it. No, no, no. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. The views just don't match. So it's not even to say the content's crap because you've not looked at the content, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's <sighs> the good old world of the YouTube algorithm. I'm blessed yeah. the fact that I do this for a living and yeah it's, it's a weird old weird old minefield to navigate speaking of the youtube algorithm if you guys are watching us live or even if you're watching us on demand after and you're on the video platform please do like the video share the video with anyone who you think may be interested and do please hit that subscribe button it does help us with the youtube algorithm that we've been bashing just now no we're really not but you guys are here as always to hear the two movie dudes talk about movies so just before we do get into that um quick reminder that we do uh we do obviously have um sponsored content which you'll see trailers of throughout uh, throughout the show um intermittently and a little update aj i haven't told you about this just Something you said regarding the new buy me a coffee memberships resonated with me. Um, we'll come back to the whole content behind the paywall, but we're not going to do that for now. Um, I right. think what I'd like to do is we're going to keep 
saying to people, hey, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash movie dudes and literally for less than the price of your daily Starbucks, you can support us on a level that is comfy to you. You may do that for as little as two pounds or more if you wish. Or we do have a Silver Dude membership, which is literally just you guys giving us five quid a month saying, hey, I'm here every week. I like the content. Here's five quid a month so I don't have to pay in two quid each week. Um, not that you have to do anything, of course. No, this no, is completely up to you. Like, if you like us and you want to support us and you like the content that we bring you, hey, happy days. Um, but yeah, so that is the shameless plugging out the way. Who have we got in the house just before we get started? Started rather, RJ Skarenki is here. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Food of the Gods. I will star that for later, RJ Skarenki. Gavin Mann is here, our platinum fan. Good evening, all. Hey, I bet Gavin, the guys can't wait right to out, get their so. teeth into this episode. Interested to see what they serve up from their menus. I'll see myself out. <laughs> How long did it take you, Gavin? That because that that's that's pun that's some high level punnery there I, 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 yeah respect you for that Biffa the Hobbit returns to us in 2023 my top foodie movie is a Japanese movie called Tampopo from 1985 thank yeah. you Biffa. did you I know that, that means that. just in case you didn't okay so that's on your list good to know um <laughs> the fact that you know what the fuck that means means you've researched it so it's on your list I look forward to you telling me about Tampopo AJ Pedro Santos is here. Great call on Tampopo. I mentioned that on Twitter as well as the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Mixed memorabilia is here. I'm having a simple Chinese burger tonight. Enjoy, my friend. And one of the two people that this episode is dedicated to, as it was their selection, Gavin Mann was the first. The other person, who we haven't seen for a while, and back on the show, Chris Trengrove in the house. Hey, Chris. How you doing, mate? What's up, boy? Says Chris. And happy new year to you and to all of our film family. Right. We get into this? Yeah, but before we do, would you like to tell people what the movie Matt Rushmore is all about? It's basically a top 10 show between two best friends from school. Here's how the show works. AJ and I each get assigned a topic. We go our separate ways. Well, we get assigned a topic in this case by at Gavin Mann on Twitter and at Chris Trengove on Twitter. Please do follow them and show some love to the other members of our film family. They've assigned us this wonderful list today, so here's how we're going to do it. This week, AJ will go first, delivering his bottom three. I will then deliver my bottom three. AJ will deliver his next two. I will deliver my next two. And when we get to our top five, we will trade one apiece. If at any time, while we are rounding off our individual top ten lists, one person has a movie in a higher position, that person will say... That. And we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the higher position. Once we have both rounded off our individual top 10 lists, we will create the movie Mount Rushmore. These are the four quintessential diverse must-see movies of the genre, which this week is... Top 10 foodie movies. Yes. That's got a nice ring to it, actually. Foodie movies <laughs> is a goodie. Foodie <laughs> movies. Yeah. Um, how did you find this list, bro? enlightening enjoyable and one or two movies annoyed the living fuck out of me which we'll get to <sighs> okay fair enough um yeah this i will say i'm actually quite proud of myself because i've banged some out in in like record time and i was trying yeah. to fill some through so spoiler tampopo i'm in the middle of watching it's the last film i had to say stop so it's not, oh, on, fair the play. <laughs> it's not on the list um the fact that you said i will tell you about it means you haven't seen it either so that's nope. a bit of a spoiler um, yeah, like some films were revisited very because I'd only seen part of it, and yeah, it's been fun. But what was annoying is even today, how many more I found out were out there. Like 
it's it's something you can take mm. for granted and like nine no eight and nine are very similar on how much focus it is on food because that's the thing you could be very food focused you could have a focus in food that surrounds it you could be in the food industry there are many ways. Well, in pedro's case you could be a cannibal and have a focus on people picking raw from 2016 you're naughty pedro that's <laughs> food is food <laughs> so, oh. to a lion it's food as well isn't it human uh, to army hammer it's also food carry on oh Whoa, shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> he went there he went there oh, yeah, yes no, um, no i found it quite fun so let's not waste any time and let let the ball start rolling and in nope, number no 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 do do, do oh. your thing bro. Yeah, sorry. Do, do, yeah, you said what it was about. It's over to me. I got a bit carried away because I just wanted to talk food. It tells you what I'm all about, doesn't it? Okay, right. Screen dudes have completed the movie Met Rushmore, which are the four must-see movies of this specific genre, in this case, foodie movies. It goes over to you, the screeners, with an even bigger challenge because you have to you have to crown the best of the best of the best, sir, with honors. El Capitan on numero uno and in the words of Highlander, in the end, there could be only one. And how do you crown the one? Well, that's quite simple. You head on over to at Movie MT Rushmore, or more importantly, the person that we all retweet, JT from We Love Movies, at Movie Pulse for you. That means one vote, because it's a retweet. Over there, you will take the four films that we crowned for the Rushmore, and you will crown El Capitan, El Numeruno, and the rest that I just said. Last week, our topic was... Last week, our topic was the best movie set in New York, where we excluded Martin Scorsese movies, because... And our duh. contenders were... Our contenders were Escape from New York, Bad Lieutenant, Do the Right Thing, and The Warriors. Right. I feel this wasn't my week. So I'm going to go with Bad Lieutenant at number four. You would be correct. Bad Lieutenant, 10%. I feel like I know what's number one, even though the film just didn't do it for me. Torn between two, torn between two. Warriors at number three. Yes, sir. Warriors at three with 23%. Only 1% separated the top two. Do the right thing at number two. Do the right thing at number two. Yes! New York at number one. Not that I'm happy about that film because it didn't do it for me, but last week was a complete washout. This week I'm four for four. Get in there, AJ. Sorry. I agree with Chris. If you didn't vote for Do the Right Thing, you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> Bifford a Hobbit. Bifford a Hobbit says, uh, you guys heard of a Spanish movie called The Platform. Food at the top floor glad gradually descends through the tower's levels, stopping for a fixed amount of time on each. The only reason I heard about that Bifford a Hobbit was thanks to our good old friend Mix Memorabilia, who brought that to my attention, though unfortunately... Oh, funny enough, yeah, some, something or someone, somehow I heard of The Platform as well. Um, can't remember where, but I'm going to add that to my to-see list. It's now. on Netflix. Yeah, there we go. Oh, maybe that's where I read it. Yeah. That could be where I read it, yeah. But I'm still going to add it to the list because if Mixed Memorabilia recommended it, then hey, I'm all in. Uh, <laughs> right. Your number 10, Actually, Yeah, my number 10. So came out last year, made Dender Text list, an actor I've appreciated recently. I'm talking The Menu. Bunt. Okay, cool. That, that that kicked off the show nice and easy. Right, in at number nine, um, I'm going a bit international, getting in the fields for my for this one this is from i believe it's oh does it taiwan yeah taiwan and hmm. it's directed by someone that i'm not one to overly wave the flag for ang lee ang lee of all people going on? <laughs> and this film is called eat drink man woman i've heard of this this is meant to be quite good you know what 
Um, it is. It is. The reason it's low is because it. Angley. <laughs> Funny enough, you know when you're reading something and just try. My thing was to find out what country it's from, and dumbass me still forgot where it was. Um, you, you, you. I was actually really enjoying it, and it's when I done the research, I was like, "You what? No, it can't be the angry, the same angry that I will shit on from a great height normally." Um, the reason it's quite low is how much focus is on the food. It's quite a family story, mm-hmm. essentially. So you've got a dad who's a chef. Um, quite a prestigious chef from what you can see. And he makes it a mission to cook for his family. And they, you know, he's got three daughters, essentially. So the wife's passed and he's got the three daughters and they'll cook and they meet around the table. But they've all got their own individual life, essentially. One works at Wendy's and is a student. One's a devout Christian. And the other one works for a train line company, I believe it was. Now, the one who works for the train line company also has, excuse me, great aspirations of being a chef. But her dad said it's no place for a woman, essentially. It's 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 a bit, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those views that he said, look, it's too much stress. I don't want that for you. Move on. So there's a bit of a strained relationship between them, but there are different bonds between them. And when you when the film first starts, you're seeing some f- stuff to make your mouth water in terms of foodie. You're like, OK, this is a foodie movie. You know, you see the chef and he's going through the cook, the, the, all the, the cooking just for the family. He puts on a lavish meal. And then he gets called off during the family meal and one of their discussions take place. And then from there, he goes off to a restaurant to help out one of his good friends. And you realize that as much as he's still a great chef, he's losing his taste. So he relies on his close friend who runs this restaurant to to be his final voice of reason in the network. It then starts to descend into each person's individual relationship and life. So it's nice, but it's not a strong focus on food, hence why it's at that position for me. Um, no, it's, it's a great story, though, and I would highly recommend you watching it. A lot of people approve of this, AJ. Biffle Hobbit says, nice one, AJ. Mixed memorabilia says, AJ, your 10 and 9 are in my top 10. You are proper on it today. <laughs> Super intrigued with your list now. You should be intrigued with his list anyway, Mixed memorabilia. <laughs> That's very sweet of you to say. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that, yeah. Thank you very much. Right, in at number eight is a film very similar, and I nearly left one off, but I had different feels and different reasons behind it. So that's why both nine and eight have made it in. Um, from the US, it's um, Soul Food. I don't know if you've heard or seen it. All, I've heard of it, haven't seen it. All you, brother. It's, it's, on, it's on Disney Plus if you want to watch it. Now, once again, very similar to Man, Eat, Man Woman, Eat, Drink. It, you got a very strong focus of food in the beginning. But then the food descends. But what is the, the the key part of both of these films is what a meal, a family meal means. And that's what touched me. And I'll be honest, this just gave me the feels of my dearly departed grandmother. And that's why I was like, I'm, I'm not I'm not taking this off the list. It, it, it's that traditional, like, I don't want to make it racial, but it's that the, the stories of grandma that you had within the community that is just there. And you know, white people have grandmothers too, AJ. I, I know, but I'm, I'm not saying grandma, <laughs> I'm not saying white people don't have this grandmother. Who cooks for them every Sunday evening? But I just, I just had such flashbacks to what I know. It's such a thing. Like, um, again, very similar. You've got the grandmother at the story. This is all told from the young boy's perspective. A young boy who's super close to his grandmother, which again just put me in the feels because I was like, "You're just like grandma." And this is what I'm seeing in this film. And he's got his mum and. Yeah, two aunts, actually. And there's, again, a bit of a strange relationship in all of this. Mackay Pfeiffer's in this film as well, by the way. Um, mm. Parks, Best Neil Long, he's got a really yeah. good title. And, again, it's just 
the relationship, the reason why it's so low is that you see what a Sunday meal means to this family. Like for 40 years, no matter what these people do, the mother, the mother of this kid and his aunt, basically the mum stole his dad from his aunt. <laughs> like they were dating. So there's a strange relationship from that in the beginning, like this, this failed relationship. But they've been married and they just don't get along. But this aunt is super successful in... Um, in law that's what she's done she's married to her husband who's a lawyer who's got aspirations of becoming a musician and he wants to give up his day job for it she's like this isn't what we've dreamed of the younger sister the aunt is also a hair salon owner but for 40 years every day this family come together every sunday should i say they come for a sunday meal for 40 years without fail and what you see is grandma has you know cooking those soul food meals that aren't too good for your health and uh, she found out that one day them she... fried chicken and <laughs> fried chicken, collard greens, cornbread, all that shit is in there, bro. Like it can make you drool. And basically, she's got diabetes, and um, she has to lose. They need part of her leg to be amputated. And as Grandma goes in for amputation, the Sunday meals start to stop because they don't know what to do. And then it's the different ways each member of the family deals with this situation you know what it means for the family to not be brought together and how they try to bring it back together while she's in a coma from this surgery and stuff like that it, it yeah it was a nice one i i first time i've seen it it's been up for years i think we even had it on dvd at home but it really yeah man you got me in my field so there was no way soul food wasn't making the list not a heavy focus on food but the fact that it's a key point to what it is mm. that's why it still made the list interesting okay so the man himself, Chris Trangove, approves of your selection, AJ. Classic 90s, lesser known movie. Nice one, AJ. So, bro, you're, you're batting well so far tonight, which kind of brings it over to me. And I would like to go, <clears throat> I would like to be on the record now and say, I am not happy with my number 10 pick. My number 10 pick happened because of my worst movie. So I was originally thinking I had a worst. And then my I saw my worst. And it made me so angry that I was like, so you're my worst. And I was thinking I was going to enjoy you. So now I don't have fucking 10 movies. So this piece of shit has to go on by default. Uh, which makes me hate my worst even more. Because you done fucked my list up at the last minute. I was like, oh, cool. This is definitely going to be in no sweat here. Nope. Just fucked up. Just fucked up. This is as... I apologize now for this choice, genuinely. Although you may say, ah, it's fun. It's fun, but it shouldn't be on a top 10 list. Like, this is a, a bad choice. Bad Nico. Bad Nico. It's a bad Nico. I'm sorry. And my number 10 is the Nutty Professor. I mean, are you wrong? No. It <laughs> is the concept of the film. What happened with no. my camera there? I mean, it, it, it's a split. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I mean, Mm. Um, why the fuck has my light got so low? Sorry. There we go. Um, nice for a tip, bro, by the way. It's good, isn't it? Uh, bro, <sighs> look, Eddie Murphy is not at his best at this point in his career. He's putting out kind of, yes, they're getting cinema releases, but they could equally be kind of straight to bargain bucket, bucket movies. Like between this and Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop was a long time ago as far as this was concerned. This is, look, it, it, thematically, this is aged horribly. Um, I don't have much good to say about this other than the fact that I really enjoyed it as a kid. You know, look at the fat people farting around the table. Yuck, yuck. 
but it's like I, bro, I, I, I'm tongue-tied here. Like, it's very hard so to here, defend. Here's this. my thing, and I'll give it to you. And it's not that they should be compared, but I will compare. I would do Nutty Professor over Big Mama's House a thousand days all over. Is it a product of its time? Possibly. Because have I watched Nutty Professor again? No. But when I say again, I'm talking about in the last 10 years. Nutty Professor 1, good. You know, I mean, let, let's not be hypocrites. It was a box office it was a box office smash as much as dr Doolittle was eddie murphy was it was dwindling it wasn't the previous films but everyone was like it's the eddie murphy movie let's do it nutty professor 2 started to get bad by the time we got to the clumps or nutty professor 3 like terror i i i'm out i'm off i don't want to know so for what it was i can't talk of what it is it's a great comedy it's again like i talk about soul food you have the family around the table food is most definitely a thing in this film and the fact that he's a big fat man who's obviously got an eating disorder means that he's a massive foodie. And the fact that the whole thing about becoming, <laughs> what's his name again? Buddy Love was so he stops being such a food obsessed, you know. Yeah, it, there's a huge body shame in that. Yeah, I guess. There's a huge body shame in that. And, you know, the, the themes just do not work through the lens of 2023. Funny as fuck when we were growing up. Again, bro, I'm not here to say I wouldn't laugh if I watched The Night Professor again. I'm not saying it's amazing. I like. I remember watching, oh, what is that stupid thing he done where he plays the woman and he's all, Norbit, that is crap. I, I don't want to know. Like, I remember watching that and saying, I don't want to know. I don't know if Night Professor would have me in that. I feel like there was an appreciation. And it's the one time I found Dave Chappelle funny. So, so yeah. this is the thing. That's kind of like that scene between Eddie and Dave. It's very special to me because the same way Chris Rock is your guy, stand-up-wise, Eddie Murphy will always yeah, be my yeah. guy. Raw and Delirious are my two favorite stand-up comedies of all time. Nothing can change that. Um, and seeing Eddie... Look, I'm sorry, Dave Chappelle fans. Your boy got fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was literally the Rock and Roman Reigns in stand-up comedy, except in this case, in, in this case, the Rock wins. Um <laughs> <laughs> the owning is just ridiculous. It's well, brilliant. Freddie's got <laughs> shit. You just can't stop with the company, man. I heard of jet lags, but shit lags. <laughs> it's that. It looks like Reggie's mom made love to Mr. Ed. Look at them teeth. Like all of this shit. <laughs> it's so Here's the thing. I can't remember how long ago I've seen that professor, but I still know Dave Chappelle was Reggie, and I still remember Shitlock said his mum made love to Mr. Red. Like he got fucked. Bro, Reggie's mum's so fat after sex, I roll over twice and I'm still on the bitch. <laughs> you know, these jokes that you can't say now. Oh my God. Yes, it's bad. I am sorry, movie family, that for my pick, but my worst. Mm. Four. Piss me off. I, I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. All right, my number nine. It's a favorite of yours, AJ. It's definitely about food, but food is not the star. The kind of business of the food is the star. So my number nine, I'm going with the founder. Didn't make the list, bro. Didn't I didn't think it would. So I do think, look, when we talk food, unfortunately, as it may be for far too many people on the planet, there is a, also a connotation of fast food. Let's call a spade a spade. There's nothing bigger than the golden arches. Hundred percent. It was my. It was a reach. So much so that had I not put both eight and nine in, the founder would have been my number ten. 
it really is a good story. I rewatched it for the purpose of this. Is going, how much do I really like this movie? I really fucking like this movie. It's so damn good. I, I each time I rewatch it, although I fucking hate Ray Kroc for who he is as a person, I more and more I have to be respected. Like, yeah. And more and more, I'm kind of like the brothers didn't have the grand vision that he did, nor did they have the ability to execute it. Did they get butt fucked royally? Oh, most definitely. But mm. yeah. Yeah. shouldn't have done a handshake, you dum dums. Just saying. But no, it's 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 fascinating to see the creation of McDonald's, where it all started. You know, this little humble fucking almost a military operational burger shack that just went franchise city. What I and love is when you see the playground, sorry to cut you, when you talk about- The tennis scene, playing. yeah. Yeah. When they just so good. And you're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So good. Yeah, the thought that went into it is is stellar. Um, but we have talked about the founder a lot, so I'm not going to stay on it for too long. I see other people like it too. That's uh, in the chat. That's good. Billy Mount says the founder is really good. Thank you, Billy Mount. Gavin Mann is putting in the ketonosense. You're damn right. All about the ketonosense. Yeah. Um, I'm keeping it McDonald's with my number eight, actually, but I'm going documentary. Uh, the movie that put me off McDonald's for life. <laughs> Super size me. Yeah, I knew that's what you were going with. Can I be honest? I hated myself because I've not seen this film, yet, this documentary yet. You like oh. McDonald's. Don't do it. I I recall it was just today I went, you twat, that is so food focused, mm -hmm. especially because I knew I wasn't doing the founder. I was like, should have done two for size me. Should have done two. Like I was yeah. hitting myself at the fact that I haven't done it. I I know the story, but I'll let you take it away. Super Size Me is really good. So it's uh, Morgan Spurlock who's who's done follow-ups to this and he's done some other listen. Whenever you've got kind of a a, a, a pseudo pop figure um doing comedy you know think you're michael moore's think in this case Mo morgan spurlock's there's an agenda behind it of course and that agenda depending on where your political leaning is will either rub you up the wrong way or not rub you up the wrong way in my case it didn't bother me at all um and he did this really interesting i mean it was self-harm at the end of the day self-harming experiment whereby he decided, and he did all of the blood tests. He did all of his BMI tests, cardio tests. Like he was before he started this experiment, he was in really fucking good shape. Like not average, slightly above average. You know, we're not talking a Chris Hemsworth here. You know, he wasn't like jacked or anything. But for a man his age and for his height and weight, he was above average in the healthy zone. Yeah, and he decided that he was going to do thirty days only eating mcdonald's breakfast lunch dinner snack and the rule and the reason why it's called supersize me is because in america where they offer you something called supersize which we don't have here in the uk because our government cares about us i said it come at me um what they have is something called the supersize for reference america's small is our large i didn't know that America's small is our large. Just want, and they actually show it in the movie. They're like, here's a British large fry. Here's an America large fry right next to each other. Sorry, here's an America small fry. The America small fry is that teensy, teensy little bit bigger than our large fry. 
Then you see their medium and large and you'll go, what the fuck? And then you see the supersize. Bro, it's it's unfathomable. See, the I'm of food. familiar with the big gulp in terms of the cup. I know their drinks are huge. So but, what, um, that territory, think that what? territory for fries and for burgers, right? It's it's no human being should consume food in that manner. So what he wanted to do was that prove just how bad for you this food is. And where critics have come into this movie, I don't mean actual film critics, I mean critics of Morgan Spurlock and people who watch the movie might well, obviously. It's like, it's not obviously, though, because, yeah, we know that fast food isn't good for you, but no one fathoms just how fucking bad it is. He's going out on a mission to prove that. And he's, you know, his wife um, is vegetarian, but he wasn't on like a vegetarian crusade or anything. Like, he likes meat. He openly said it. It was just a, like... This is how fucked up it is. This is the manipulation that's going on with big corporations masquerading as happy meals and happy times and golden arches and food. It's big corpos taking money from you and manipulating the fuck out of you. And so what he did, the rule was that every time he went to McDonald's throughout this 30 days, if someone ever said, do you want to supersize that? He had to say yes. They asked it a lot. Get that extra money. If I remember, right. it's literally like, a thing isn't it it's meant to be each time it's not like yeah it, yes but it's not it didn't happen every time it wasn't every meal he supersized but it was a lot of them and bro when i tell you that he didn't make it the 30 days because he gained weight so fucking quickly and he actually at one point nearly had i say nearly because he got taken away in a hospital because his chest was getting tight and they said to him you need to get off this they were doing weekly blood tests, sugar level tests. Like the damage this shit did to his body in 30 days was fucking terrifying. Do you know, um, I'm going to hit touch on this and just advocate it somewhat myself into how real this is. I remember this. Jamie Oliver done something about what processed foods does to kids when he had a campaign with Channel 4. And I remember also working in a shop and literally was a chicken shop across the road from this place. And I remember that was me, like, yeah, once, maybe twice a day. And I remember one day, there was a hill where I lived. And I used to walk up that hill all the time. And then I walked up the hill one day and I was panting. And I was like, oh, shit, I need to change this diet. So I can fully appreciate what 30 days of that would do. That's what a week was doing to me, you know. It's, um, it's there. And one of the key things someone actually once told me, I met this girl once, um, had an exhibition I was doing and we were hosting the hosting an event and you know sending everyone off to lunch. Do you know this is a fun fact for people? McDonald's put sugar on their fries. She had an allergy to sugar. Mm -hmm. So she had to avoid certain foods. And she said, Oh yeah, she can't even take McDonald's fries because it's you think it's just salt. No, no, no. They actually put sugar and that's part of the addiction that and in their bread, by the way. I and wouldn't in be their meat. And in their meat. No, no, it is vile. Like I never really liked McDonald's anyway. I was always team Burger King over the two and still remain that way. Um, when you see supersize me and the practices that they have are unique to McDonald's. Like I've worked at a Burger King when I was a kid and, you know, summertime, summer job. Yeah, Burger yeah. King doesn't do that. They show you behind the scenes how McDonald's prepare their food and it's like never again. Never fucking again. I have to have a top five hangover of all time 
to even consider the McDonald's breakfast. Like, and beyond the breakfast, that shit does not touch these lips. Because it's not food. At this point, it's oil, sugar, and salt. It's not food. I'll be honest, yesterday, me and the missus went shopping, but it was a tad hungry before we went came home to cook. And I ordered just a Big Mac. I don't even want the whole meal. And I actually said the words, I think I could be done with this company. Like, I'm at a point. <laughs> I never Gross, thought I would mate. be. I, I, no, I can't do it. can't do it. Interesting. It's fucking disgusting. And yeah. And so the argument is, well, obviously, if you eat McDonald's every day, you know, every meal for 30 days, you're going to get a fat set. Is it? Bruv, if you eat chicken and potatoes every day for 30 days, is it going to do that level of damage to your body? Mm -mm. Well, let's, let's even bring it a bit closer. If you were to have beef and potatoes every day, the same product, <laughs> beef, potato and veg every day, it will not screw you over. So why it would that to... amount of beef would fuck you up? Yeah, well, I mean, okay, we're not I mean... talking. We're not talking on the same level. Yeah. yeah, this is like the damage that it did to someone who was, you know, the guy was able to fucking sprint upstairs and not be out of breath. Man was like Rocky, you know what I mean? And it's like then he's not able to get out of bed. He was having impotency problems that like he couldn't fucking get an erection. He was having heart palpitations, and then his heart seized up, and they had to take him to hospital. I'm like, in 30, in less than 30 days, this company did this to this guy. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> under no circumstance should you eat there. A um, few people have jumped in the chat. My guy Tian is here. Happy New Year, Nico and AJ. Great to see Thank you, Tian. You. Thank you for joining too. us, mate. Chris Trengo firing a shot back at me. Rishi Sunak takes care of you all. Uh, don't boo. <laughs> don't. Wait, 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 wait. Don't boo. Vote. That's all I'll say to that. Because I agree with you, Chris. He needs to go. He's unelected. So, yeah. Um, Billy Mount says, I don't think they do supersize any uh, anymore in the States. Uh, don't know about that. Uh, Philip Town joining us in the house. Honored with drunk with buds. Check in. Can't hear anything. I'm at work, so it's loud as fuck. But just wanted to say what's up. I Philip Town it. and uh, Drunk with Buds podcast. One of our new uh, followers. And we follow them, of course. Please do be sure to follow them if you don't already. Um Mixed memorabilia says simple natural food can be sourced from markets, butchers, fishmongers, in my opinion. No need for all this artificial food and synthetic food. You're damn fucking right. And you don't need to be going to Planet Organic. Like, bruv, Tesco, we are blessed in this country. And that is something I noticed when I did that horrible fucking month in the asshole of the world called Florida. Um, and but the quality of our produce in the UK, we are so fucking lucky that we can walk into a shop like an Aldi, Lidl, or Tesco, and our meat is actually good quality. That's what I mean by we're looked after. Is it substantially better if you go into a Waitrose or Marks and Spencers? Oh, yeah. And you can taste the difference. You really fucking can. But if you can't afford Marks and Spencers and Waitrose, which is absolutely acceptable, mate. Tesco and stuff have got good cuts of meat. Like, really, really yeah, good. I, like, I there is no... no beef with the beef. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's just <laughs> no excuse living in the UK to not eat well without break and, and not break the bank. It's just not a thing. It shouldn't exist. Um, especially now that uh, fucking delivery are charging how much for their deliveries? Like, they can suck my dick too. Um, but yeah, that was that was my bottom three. Just before AJ, we go uh, into uh, just before we go into your uh, next two, a little word from one of our sponsors.
in a non-stop world where you've just got information galore and entertainment galore coming at you left, right, and center, in one ear and out the other, in your eyes and into your brain, we here at the Movie Mount Rushmore would like to talk to all of our film fans about Newsly, a new all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the top trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice so you don't have to worry about hearing something like this. Take me to the entire web becomes listenable for the first time all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling, start listening. You can follow literally any topic as specific as you like from sports tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or even the Kardashians, if that's your jam. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And they even have podcasts there as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries. Movie Mount Rushmore is there too. I recently started using it as my default podcast app. They even have digital radio if you want to play it on those long car journeys to work. Or Preferably listen to the Movie Mount Rushmore podcast on those car journeys on, on your long car journeys to work. But download and use new Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description below. And you can use the code Rushmore and receive a one month free premium subscription. Stop scrolling, start listening and enjoy Newsly just like we do here at the Movie Mount Rushmore podcast. Dang it. <clears throat> not gonna lie, got to do it last week, just downloaded it. So I will be using that. It's really good, week. mate. Really, really good. <clears throat> I, will, I will be doing it. Your number, your number <laughs> no beef with the beef, says Gavin. Hashtag. <laughs> 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 uh, cool, man. Your number seven. Right. right. My number seven is actually a two for one, even though I've not fully seen one. It's because All they right. are essentially no, it's essentially the same film and it was in the same night, right? So they are. The German original, which is Bella Marta, aka mostly Martha in English, but it's also been remade by Catherine Zeta Jones and Aaron Eckhart, known as No Reservations. Have Fire away, my bro. Edutain yeah. me. Uh, um, in truth, I was watching, <laughs> I, I saw No Reservations. That's the one I watched first. Then I watched one film with the missus. She went off. Then I was like, all oh, right, now to watch the German movie because she's not one for subtitles. And I was like, Hold on, I know the boots. So I'm guessing these films are pretty much the same. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones is a, a chef at a restaurant who's got a bit of a problem with being criticised. Like, she's a top chef, and she, she gets the job done. You can see that she's got some, like, patrons who visit this restaurant all the time. She'll always go out and thank them or what have you. But at the same time that she thanked one of them, there was, well, as they left, one customer had a small critique about the, the foie gras, and it's... Um, Overcooked or undercooked, and she just lays into him about how it should be cooked and the exact temperatures, the water level, and this, that, and the other. Da, 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 da. And the guy's like, I can't take it. Ah, feel free to fuck off, essentially, <laughs> was the reply. And, you know, the, the owner of the restaurant's like, You can't do this. If a customer says it's overcooked, it's undercooked. If it's overcooked, it's overcooked. If it's undercooked, it's undercooked. They pay our way, essentially. So that's the kind of person she is. She's like, The guy's a pleb. I'm not doing that. If he's fucked up, it's not my fault. He ain't got the right palate. That's I love the arrogance of chefs. I really do. <laughs> You've got to. You've got to. So that's the, that's the whole thing. Um, shortly after all of that's happened, she gets a call from her sister. And her sister and niece are on the way to come and visit her. And um, 
yeah, actually, may did that happen just before? Anyway, long story short, she gets a phone call. Her sister's been in a car accident, has died, and now she's the person responsible for looking after her niece. Um, she takes a bit of time off. I think she literally tries to turn up the next day after she finds out that her her, her sister's passed and what have you. She just gets someone to look after the kid, and she goes back to the restaurant, and she they're like, what are you doing here? She's like, well, this is my life. This is all I know. Da, da, da. You know, I need to get back to normality. Into the kitchen, you see Aaron Eckhart in there. Now, mm-hmm. Catherine Zeta-Jones seems to be very focused on French cuisine. And Aaron Eckhart has been hired and he has a background in Italian cuisine. And she's like, what is this? Why have we brought this maniac in there? And he's he's a lot friendlier with the staff than she is. Now, he's just covering. It's nothing to be there. And for better or worse, he's going to be a sous chef, even if she did come back. But he's he's singing opera. You can see the quirks in this. She's like, you're, you're going to ruin the restaurant in the time that I'm gone? Mm-hmm. And it's that. But along the way is this budding friendship where, you know, it, it they her it, it's the it's the whole disconnect between her and her niece along the way and how they build the relationship there, how helpful Aaron Eckhart is in showing a more humble and you're right there, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Well, a bit more humility and that's something which allows him to like connect with the girl first and that that's what also helps build a friendship between them. And it just builds into this whole relationship of different views and clashes forming into one. It's one of those romantic comedies for one part, but it's actually quite a nice movie on another and it has a nice focus on food, you know, throughout. So I I had a a good feel with that. Now, the problem is, mostly Martha was on the same night and I'm watching it and there's a part where Catherine Zeta-Jones has to go and see a therapist about these anger issues that I, I brought up previously. And exactly what I saw at the beginning, I'm like, this is the same film. And that's what I realized I'm watching, a, I've just watched a remake. <laughs> and so I got halfway through and it's, from what I could see, beat for beat. Like certain things like with the car accident, you saw the sister on the way in no reservations, you didn't see it. But the same phone mm. call happened. It's just little bits like that, but it seemed like the same film throughout. So for that, I'm putting it out that I've seen No Reservations, which I think is an awesome movie. However, if you'd like to see the original German one, check out Mostly Martha. Bro, like, fucking breaking it tonight, man. Like, uh, try it, bro. <laughs> the, the only thing I could correct you on is say, turn your light down, because you've got the glare of glares reflecting off that head of yours, my man. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't help when I pushed the thing back. Give me one sec, now I'm too dark. <laughs> Chris Trengrove says, AJ, I have no reservations about you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Notice he said AJ. He didn't say Silver Spoon. (laughs) Is that better? Is that light better, by the way? Way better. Way better, brother. Thank you. Don't lean too far into it. The moment you go kind of there. Do you know what it is? My setup is still not perfect at the moment in this place. If you go too close, you turn into a Klingon. I thought you'd be able to relate to that comment. (laughs) appreciate it while saying fuck you at the same time but no appreciate <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um your number six brother right my number six um the actress who could do no wrong meryl street mm-hmm. in julie and julia i wanted yeah, to watch great. this so fucking much and i didn't get around to it yeah i think i had to asian vision it because it used to be on netflix but it's not there anymore oh i feel less bad now because um, i thought it's on netflix I did, and I, did can't. On netflix. I can't remember I can't remember. But yeah, um, essentially, this is a really interesting story, actually, because it's for AJ being a biopic person. It's two biopics in one, essentially. <laughs> um, you've About got. Julie and Julia. <laughs> yeah, 
essentially. So you've got Meryl Streep is playing, uh, why I'm sorry, I'm going to have to Google it because I can't remember the name and I will feel like an absolute dick for this. IMDb is, is your friend. Julia, Julia Child. Julia Child, the famous chef who brought French cuisine to the American audience. Um, have you heard of her before? I don't know how much you pay attention. Yeah, I, I hadn't. I really hadn't. And she, you are following Julia Child's journey in the 1950s, I believe. Mm-hmm where she's moved to France and she's actually just essentially a bored housewife. She's married to, oh, um, why is his name blanking? Devil's Got Prada, bald head guy. Stanley Tucci. Yeah, Stanley Tucci. They're a married couple in this. Um, get on really well. Um, there's no beef in that. But she, they've moved to France and she just doesn't want to be the usual housewife. She's looking for something to do. And she's trying all these different angles to find a passion. And essentially, she takes up cooking with no experience. She ends up in the masterclass section, which is mainly men. And, you know, you see her learning to chop onions and stuff like that that she's never really done on a professional level. And it's her now building into this with, like, cordon bleu. It's a cordon bleu class, you know. It's that deep. And then you keep getting these bounce backs to Amy Adams, who is Julia, who's in a administrative job of some sort but she's looking for more from life she's just moved to queens with her partner because it's closer to his workplace it's not the biggest of flats we didn't see what the previous place looked like and she's a bit out of it as well she's just about to approach 30 and she's got this idea she's like i need to i need i need something as well so their lives are pretty much mirrored in the sense that they were looking for something more and she stumbles across she stumbled across the book but Julia Child's book that her mum had done where she learned how to cook a beef bourguignon. And she's like... A beef what? Go and say it. Don't mock it. Just say it. Nah, fuck you. What did you just say? I will mock it. Please. I said bourguignon. Bourguignon. Bourguignon, bourguignon. Okay, cool. There we go. Sorry. I've never actually heard... I've never heard a French person pronounce it, so I've just said it as best as I can. Thank you for correcting me. Let's make the mockery of AJ. You're most welcome, AJ. That's what I'm here for. Uh, (laughs) So, the the beef bourguignon, as you would say, thank you, um, is one of the stuff that she remembers her mum saying. And she's now taken on this challenge of going through Julia's cookbook and doing 524 recipes in a year. And she writes it in a blog. And this is actually a true story, right? So you're you're following Julia's story. Right up your street then. Already got you. Juice story, I'm in. (laughs) Maybe, but it was a cool story. And it's just one of those, you're you're following both people's journeys. as one developing as a cook and this person who has zero cooking experience, you know, developing and following this journey. And it's all the challenges. It's one of the ones that sticks to me the most is she's learning how to cook a lobster. Now, as you know, a lobster needs to be boiled live most times to give it the fresh Fucked taste yeah. It, it, yeah it's pretty yeah isn't it just and it's like if you can't boil a lobster then the easy way to kill a lobster before cooking it is putting a knife through their face and slicing it. Like, i can't do that either it's like such but you see the challenges away you know sometimes when it's like we can't do this meals that are no longer seen as acceptable in yeah. our era but were very popular in the 1950s she's still cooking them and it's it it was just a nice journey to follow two people's story in building and trying to find purpose. As much as they're two generations apart, they've walked a very similar path. It was great. It was a nice look. Yeah, I, I really did want to get around to watching that one, man. It's, um, it sounds really good. It does sound really, yeah. really, really good. All right. 
My number seven. My number seven. Um, listen, it's one of our favorites here at the Moving Mount Rushmore podcast. It is Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Had to do it. <sighs> do you know what? It didn't make the list. It didn't make the list. And is this the only Willy Wonka you've got? Yes. Yeah, the other one very new. The remake is not my worst. The, that's the, the, that's yeah. a spoiler. Um, the the new one very nearly made my worst until I remembered another film. And I was like, yeah, you're bad. <laughs> you're bad. So, Do you know that Timothy Chalamet's next in line to yes, play Willy yes, Wonka? I did know this. And I'm, that I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah. I'm all over that. I'm all oh, over yeah. <laughs> like, I'm very curious about that. Um, <clears throat> I have a feeling it may be the best one we see. I, I no offense to Gene Wilder, but I it's believe Timothy it fucking Chalamet. You know what I mean? Like he's fire. Um, but yeah, man. Look, I, everyone on listening to this podcast or watching this podcast has seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. There's no need to spend too long on it, but it is honestly, I, I defy anyone of any age to watch this and not get the good feels from it. It's it's zany it's heartfelt it's really well paced i like the fact that it doesn't go straight into the chocolate factory and give you all the candy goodness and it doesn't and it's better for that it's allowed to breathe and to take its time and to establish its characters you get a sense of who charlie is you get a sense of his environment his family you get a sense of just how much this means to him which is brilliant and then you know you get to the chocolate factory and it's just dude even as an even as an adult i would like to go to Willy wonka's chocolate factory i'm so tempted to go to cadbury's world like honestly because it's meant to be do, the closest thing to do we have that Birmingham, bro yo we need a road trip <laughs> i'm down i'm down sign me up bro let's go next week i've got a car on years away oh okay let's 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 look into that so fucking road trip to birmingham and like youtube short that shit put it up on instagram <laughs> hey here's, here's the uk's willy wonka chocolate factory yo i think we need to do that you know yeah maybe not next week i'd have to see what holiday no i think we should do it next week i'm listen as long as the holidays are there bro <laughs> i've got one day which you're not available and then the other day is for pod like i it's few and fast like i'm trying to see what i can do Cool. So of those few, make it happen. Let's do it. Okay. Um, but yeah, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, freaking wonderful. And to this day, I want an everlasting gobstopper. You know also, what? also, I want fucking lickable wallpaper. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Can I just say one thing about that film? And I don't know if many people will feel the same. I love the book. And I've realized this, like, it's a bit like Matilda. No, I don't hate the film. But... Willy Wonka was a like I, it's the one time I've been like Gene Wilder was pretty mean like it, it wasn't as mm. lovable as I first thought when I look at that film, but it kind of dented it for me, you know. Um, I'm not saying I hate the film, no, I'm not going there. But it was like, oh, you're not you're not the nice guy I first thought of. Which Johnny Depp's character was a bit more likable, but still, just yeah, the film wasn't good, so it's <laughs> not gonna outdo that film. Mm. But yeah, that was my one reproach about that. Mixed memorabilia says, I came across an Argentina true story film on Netflix. AJ, one for you. Uh, I think that's because I just mentioned true story. So that's your jam. True story film on Netflix, The Boss Anatomy of a Crime. It's a really good film. Note that one down. Yeah, The Boss Anatomy of a Crime. Okay. Gavin, man, you're a cheeky cunt. Wallpaper is lickable, Nico. Just lacking that flavor. Okay. <laughs> 
considering I'm clearly we're being autistic tonight, allow me to be specific and say I would like ooh, ooh, ooh. I would like tasty liquor. Well, you have to be pedantic and specific, yes. Um, yeah. I would like tasty lickable wallpaper. I want to know what a snozberry tastes like. Yeah, I'll give you that. The you know what I mean? What's a snozberry? <laughs> I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Cool. Um, Chris Trengrove approves of Gavin Mann's pedanticness. I do too. <laughs> I'm just joking. So that was my number seven. Uh, my number six. Um, funnily enough, this was a recommendation on Twitter, but I did actually have it down on my to watch just because yeah. it's on Disney+. Plus. Um, so that would be The Lunchbox. Really? really charming little film mate i heard so, about this i didn't know it was on disney plus otherwise it probably would have made the cut it's on disney plus it's an indian film starring the uh late some would say great uh ifran khan uh he of jurassic world fame and of uh why am i blanking slumdog millionaire fame um really good film so are you aware of the lunchbox service that exists in india i w was made aware of it no. because of top gear to be honest but no, I'm not. I, I've read the concept of the film, but I didn't. I don't know how it operates as a thing. People cook lunches. The lunchbox service brings the lunches warm to the workers in their offices. Nice. It's a nice. very and apparently, considering despite how many people use this service, when you consider the billions of people that live in India, apparently it works like a well-oiled machine, like organized chaos, if that makes sense. But. So here's the story. Ifran Khan has got, he's got like a month left to work before he retires. He's kind of over life, really. You know, his wife's dead. He's retiring. He's not got much going for him. He's kind of down in the dumps and sad, right? Um, then we've got... Oh, shit. Why am I blanking on her name? That's going to do my head in. Female character. Who is your friend? I, I don't do that. IMDB it. is your friend. I'm really sorry, guys. You're going to have to forgive me here a moment. This is embarrassing considering I saw this movie literally in the last few days. There's 1987 brain for you, AJ. <laughs> yes, I know it's Nimrat Kaur. What's her name? Ila. Thank you. Ila. Three letters. Good job, Nico. Ila um, makes lunches for her husband, right? And sends them off to with the lunchbox service so he gets his lunches nice and warm yeah now ila and her husband rajiv have got a bit of a let's let's just say bad relationship they're married but their relationship's not in a good place it's on the rocks. you know it's very much on the rock so ila has this charming relationship with this woman who they no it's not her real auntie it's an it's a yeah. People may think that it's an india term of indimila auntie you know so she's got auntie upstairs yeah. who's <laughs> Like, no offense, okay. man. No offense, man. And Auntie is teaching her like old school way to a man's heart is through his stomach recipes, you know? And it, it's really nice. You know, she's making these recipes with Auntie's direction without her even being in the room. But Auntie's smelling it from up above, going, It's missing some spices, you know? And she lowers down the exact spice she needs. And she said, Just a pinch. Now it smells correct. Send that to your husband. Now, here's where the charming part comes in. Oh, I should note this. If you're one of the cynical fucks who doesn't get on board with the type of love story and love actually, this movie's not for you. Um, because you've... Ila 
not through any fault of her own, just because of a mix-up with the lunchbox services. Instead of the meals reaching her husband, they reach Erfan Khan's character. And through this amazing love and appreciation of her food and her desire to cook great food to what she thinks is winning her husband over. And then she finds out very early in the story, she finds out, shit, this is going to the wrong person. She continues to make this food for him. Not through any sort of cheating or sexual misdemeanors, just through the fact of reaching out to someone, having a voice on the outside to speak to. You have to remember, very patriarchal society. Women stay home, do dishes, make food. Yeah? Very patriarchal. So she develops this kind of lovely friendship with this man and by coming together through the means of food they uplift each other it's it's a very uplifting movie they give each other that little missing ingredient which all of us animals need companionship not physical not love just friendship kind of unspoken nuanced gray area what type of friendship is this question mark friendship and it's just when movies are able to capture nuance so perfectly, that's when they get a win for me. I can, I can, I can listen to that. It makes sense. It, it yeah. So, but sorry, just one bit. I needed to double check with you before I follow. Them. Lunchbox service is actually someone cooking it for you, and these people deliver it for you. The service yeah. is the people doing the delivery. Right, okay, sure. At first I thought it was something else, so I just got what that is. But it sounds like a great film. It sounds like... Yeah, it's really it's sweet, like, It's going to get me in the feels, which I like. Well, it was like. And do you know one thing I love about Indian cinema is that it's weird what you learn along the way, you know? Um, Bollywood, which I've no beef with, but is portrayed as the main part, you know? Mm. all singing all dancing all bright colors but there are so many great hidden gems that can be discovered from there you know and i'm not saying i'm again as i said i'm not opposed to the all singing all dancing but mm -hmm. the other side of cinema that's out there it, it's absolutely amazing it sounds like a great film you know um yeah no i'm, I'm down for that man. and now i know it's on disney plus I'm all, I'm all over it it is and it's really good so that was i believe my number six if i'm not mistaken cool um it was so just before we go into our top five last trailer and then we'll go back to our top five trading one a piece hello film family nico here from the silver screen dudes and i am here today to talk to you about movie palette this beautiful piece of artwork that you can see in front of me here movie palette is something that i think is going to be absolutely perfect and essential for our existing silver screen dudes movie mount rushmore film family the geeks that exist in our community and the passion that you all have for film i genuinely think this product is going to recognize is going to resonate with you here's how movie palette works a movie palette is a distinctive way to enjoy your favorite movie displayed artistically on canvas the movie palettes are carefully crafted by digital artists who choose the dominant colors from each scene of your favorite movie these vibrant colors are arranged side by side in stripes on a high quality canvas. The stripes are displayed in chronological order and the width of each corresponds to the length of the movie scene. The result is an intriguing piece of artwork that gives you a unique view of movies that you've seen many times before. This one I've got here happens to be from my favorite sci-fi movie, The Thing. And as you can see, we start off in the ice here and we finish off all dark with Kurt Russell 
in in the snow just about to die is he the thing is he not the entire movie scene by scene is captured in this canvas if you're not a fan of the thing don't sweat it if you head on over to moviepalette.com now all and you click on the all the movies tab you will see that there are nearly two and a half thousand movie palettes already there from the world's most popular movies including imdb's top 250 there's even some tv shows in there can't find what you're looking for unlikely but possible with the knowledge of our film community but you can actually send movie palette the movie you love with the date that that movie was made in and they will create a custom movie palette of the movie that you send them and the best part is as they are friends of the show if you use code silver 15 right now you will be able to get 15 percent off all your orders from movie palette so guys Honestly, this, as you can see from the live stream already, is hanging on the back of my wall. I love it. It's really added something to the streams. It's added something to my workspace. I can't recommend it enough. And as I've said already, given the type of audience that we have and the film fans that we have in our community and the attention to detail that we discuss every single week on the Movie Matt Rushmore podcast, I genuinely think you guys are going to love Movie Palette. So use code SILVER15 right now and get 15% off your orders and get a movie palette up on your wall. And now back to the show. Do you know what? Yeah, that's all kinds of awesome. I, I, I missed you say TV show last week on the thing. And I saw the tab there as it was on the screen. I think I might, I think Big Bang Theory might be my one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling it might be the one to edge it. Yeah. yeah. That's, interesting. That's the Simpsons would be an interesting one. Heavy on the yellow, though, I'm guessing. Heavy uh, on the yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy yeah. on the yellow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Chris Trengove says, I'm going to send buckets of money to Movie Palette just because Nico talked about the thing. Hashtag swoon. My guy, Chris. Honestly, it's cool. I really, I'm not just saying it because they're sponsors. I genuinely do like these guys. I've got a few more that I've ordered that are on the way. Um, yes. Blade Runner. Oh, it's got a nice color palette. Is that 2049 or the original? Both. No, nice. Both. Nice. Um, what is your number five then, AJ? Trading one right, of One number five, yeah. Um, so you're going to see two posters just because I couldn't find a landscape one, so I found two posters <laughs> in portraits for it. Um, it's called Toast. And Talk it's to me. the story of, I believe his name is Nigel Slater, who's actually a current BBC UK chef. So he's, he's there. And this is his memoirs um, of the inspiration behind him becoming the chef that he is really cute story actually <laughs> really like it. it it was something like a bit of a tv movie biggest star in it is helena helena bonacarta who plays his essentially said well yeah she plays his stepmom so you, you the, the film starts off in old school england um when i say old school i'm not talking medieval we're talking maybe 1950s 1960s and you can see Nigel has a passion for cooking. He just wants more, but his mum is not that person. He has a really nice relationship with his mum, but she makes like the world's thickest sandwiches. Um, yeah. Her idea of cooking is literally taking tin food, putting it in boiling hot water, and I'm talking putting the whole tin in there, boiling it, and just there, pouring it on a plate. And like he would be like, can we get more? And each time she'll try to be a bit adventurous, it fucks up. Her thing is toast. She will cook toast. And he goes, there's something quite loving about 
when someone makes you a bit of toast, once you bite out that hard piece and that warm center all covered in butter, it's just a really nice feeling, which, you know what, I was like, you're damn right. It, <laughs> sometimes a good bit of toast is all you need, and that's essentially what the film's about. Like, the best thing his mum could cook was toast. In the film, you see that his mum has got really bad asthma. So he's got this great relationship with his mum, bit of a strained relationship with his dad. And eventually the asthma gets the better of her and she passes away. But just before she does try to do that, there are two things that I'd like to mention. The relationship he has with his dad is he's asked to cook spaghetti bolognese. And they're like, you what? Italian food. This is how uneducated their palates are. Italian food. And he's there and he's got the whole bolognese and he's brought the parmesan cheesy because he's dead like sniffing like oh i don't know if i want this it takes the smallest of sprinkles taste the food no and it's like back to the mum. oh okay we tried i think i'll make toast that's literally everything she'll do and one of the last things she tried to do you can see she's on her way out with this um asthma condition is they're giving him christmas that he, they're celebrating Christmas early. They're delivering him a stocking <clears throat> way before December. And he's like, but it's not when we're near Christmas. And his mum had promised him that she's going to teach him how to make mince pies. And they start doing all the, the dough and what have you. But they haven't gotten a mince meat. And they put it in the fridge. And the next day they're going to make it. Sadly, his mum dies before he had a chance to show him how to make mince meat. Uh. So it was really touching seeing that, right? And once this happens, you see him now trying to step up to get on with his dad, even though it's a strained relationship. He buys him, he buys this fish for his dad and he tries to cook it as per the recommendations of the fishmonger. It burns slightly because the dad got held back at work, but the dad still makes that effort and was like, thank you very much. And he then hires Hel Helena Bonham Carter to be a cleaner, but that essentially builds into a relationship and they get married, what have you. But Nigel and his stepmom, Mrs. I wonder, I can't remember her name. They just can't get on. They just cannot right. get on for anything. And what soon entails is a competition between the two of them of how to gain affection. And as they say, a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Both of them are competing with different meals. Like you find out quite early on that Nigel's gay. Not that it means anything, but it was weird that they see him going into home economics, learning how to cook when all the other guys are going into woodwork and stuff like mm. that, you know? he's taking these classes he builds he 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 bakes something scones loves the dad loves him so i take it you're going to be cooking every wednesday it's like yeah i will do but the stepmom is always cooking she's always challenging him and what have you then they've got the battle of who can make the best lemon meringue pie oh, <laughs> you know? there yeah, you she, go. she's made a lemon meringue pie and the dad's like i think this is the best dessert i've ever tried and nigel has made it his absolute mission to make a, a lemon meringue pie and this battle and you just see this passion to build it he's cooked it and like the poor dad has got to a point where he's like enough enough between you two enough of the arguing and more than anything enough food i can't eat anymore you know and it's it, it, it's charming and it, it was a tv movie but it also had a film premiere somewhere along the line but a really great movie and it just shows you nigel's journey from childhood up until he becomes an act his um, opportunity to become a real life chef great story Sounds really good, man. I actually really enjoy honestly really enjoyed it. Gavin Mann says AJ going into entertainment ode of a drive tonight. Yeah. I actually was shocked. I was actually shocked by how much I came up to with this list. So thank you very much, Gavin and Chris. Like you guys put me on a journey today. Well, this week. Chris says, You're making me hungry for toast, AJ. <laughs> thank you, Chris.
And Pedro, in relation to the thing, says, I'm still championing a John Carpenter episode. In time. In time. It's coming. It's coming. It will come. Don't you worry. Sorry. <clears throat> Sounds like a horse taking a piss. I know. Um, it's not. It's a bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know we're going to say punt because it's your worst, but let's get this out of the way. Ratatouille is my number five. Punt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Your number four. Uh, oh, where are we? So this is a film I saw. I needed to rewatch it, if I'm honest, but I still remember it. it. Still stuck to me. It was on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix movie. Bradley Cooper, Bunt. Punt. Okay. Oh, sorry. There we are. Uh, right. My number four is starring Helen Mirren. Absolutely charming. The Hundred Foot Journey. Punt. Hey, punt time! <laughs> the punt had to come. Now, Nick, remove your finger because there's no punt coming. Okay. I would like to say this to everybody who has followed the movie Mount Rushmore and who knows AJ. Yeah? For one night only. <laughs> for one night only. He's not. Linguini. And Remy of Ratatouille will not be worse. They will not get hate. Ratatouille will get the love as a foodie movie. Okay. Yes. <laughs> One yes. night only. The world will not hear me talk about Rat to the Kitchen being absolutely fucking vile. Okay. One <laughs> night only. I mean, my guy <laughs> okay one night only now I've, I've always said this right i've never seen ratatouille in its entirety it happened to be all around a christmas time i sat down and i'm kind of enjoying this film and i see a swarm of rats in the kitchen <laughs> ptsd gets the heebie-jeebies we said we me. weren't gonna do this aj <laughs> but i have to <laughs> and that's why it's always not been there but i made it a mission and I, I said it last week. We all know what my worst is going to be. And I really thought it was going to be. But I was like, give the film a chance. Give the film you, a chance. So, you found something worse, didn't you? The thing is, what was worse? <laughs> okay. What is worse? You've seen. I think you've seen it as well. Right? Um, it's just, it was terrible then. And I've not seen it again. And I don't want to see it again. I know many people love it. I find it a heap of shit. It's in that comedy category that i just can't get on board with okay i know where you're going i know where you're going right but ratatouille essentially like if you're going to talk foodie movie you can't really shit on this film like it has all the elements of taking food for what it is the smells the taste the different cuisines the herbs the spices it's all there the textures the glistens the shapes the movement like the glorification of food in this movie is insane and this is the thing i mean i nearly i very nearly very very nearly went down the road of it's number one but i was like <gasps> there are some films it, it nearly did it nearly did because I, I thought what would have made it work i'm so happy but right now i was it was that point because i was thinking i can't remember who goes first but you'd be waiting for it to come out on my worst and it wouldn't be there. yes again what i loved what i loved is i was hoping it wasn't going to be too high for you so I could say punt, and you were going to think, it's definitely his worst. But no, yes. it, it, it's not high because of that. If you're going to talk foodie movies, it's there. It's a, it is a nice movie. It is a nice movie. It's, there are certain scenes that just have me a bit uncomfortable. 
it's it's a personal thing but like i mean i don't think you're alone not liking rats in the kitchen aj (laughs) like to hope not you know i would like to hope not but it it, it is a nice movie and again listen we live in a world where andrew tate has millions of followers so what the fuck do i know (laughs) what the fuck do i know but like um, i had to get a little topical punt in there (laughs) but no i i I took the time to watch the film from beginning to end, and I am like, it is sweet. And again, you can't talk foodie. You cannot talk foodie and not have appreciation for Ratatouille. It, it, you take away the, the rats from Ratatouille, it's got absolutely everything, down to the food critic who refuses to swallow unless he likes the taste. You know, the, 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 the thing of taking simple food such as Ratatouille and what it means to this critic, as I'm not, I, I'm gonna talk in, for people who haven't seen it, I know most people have probably seen it, but every element of this film is what you would say is the blueprint for a foodie movie. So I I, I, I would be an absolute ass to take it away from it. Yes, I have my own demons to battle with it. Could I watch it again? Probably. Now that I've yeah. got that part, yeah. But there is nothing against this film that you could say is not a foodie movie. And that's why it gets its love. I'm so happy. <laughs> It is fantastic. Listen, as someone who loves France, loves Paris, and loves French food, this movie just hit all the right notes for me. The reason it was my number five and not higher, just for repetitive sake, I've brought up Ratatouille quite a bit over the last few seasons. You've heard me wax lyrical about it. It's there because it's so fucking good. Yeah. But I did want to allow breathing room for other movies, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, bro, you're you're getting a lot of love from this. Chris Trengrove says your lists are so far fantastic, gentlemen. Thank you, good sir. Pedro Santos says this one's for you, AJ. Has anyone here seen Boiling Point with Stephen Gray? So there were two things about Boiling Point. One, it's been on my list um, twice recently. In in, I I remember talking Boiling Point twice. I think it was films of Mm -hmm. 2020, and there was another. I can't remember in the first time that I saw Boiling Point. That is one of the reasons, because most of this list is very fresh to me. Yeah, yeah. No, no pun intended on food. It's very... <laughs> food, right? There you go. Got one in. On the other side, and it could be a bit of a blank, I don't, it shows the food industry, but it doesn't have a focus on food. Now, I had Boiling Point made the cut, which I tried to eliminate because of based on these, every film I've seen here is like over its entirety. Yeah, every film I've seen here, I've either seen extracts of it, but I've now finally seen it in its entirety. So everything nice. is really new to me in this list. Um, yeah. So that's why it didn't make it. If it wasn't for that, Boiling Point probably would have been low just because of how much focus on food it has. It's in the food industry. It's one of my, like, it's a highly recommended film for me. Was it number yeah, two yeah. from last year? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. It's an absolutely awesome film. But that's what held me back. So yeah, Pedro, 100%. Awesome. And it's because I asked you off air last week. Yeah. Is it foodie enough or is it more like chef restaurant focused? And you said it's not foodie enough. I haven't seen it, but I gave it a pass, even though I really wanted to see it. Yeah. Um, Chris says Ratatouille is a in <laughs> bold mm, comments masterpiece of cinema. Um, I don't that. It's and just Pedro says funny. Ratatouille is one of the best animated films ever made. Oof. <laughs> and Gavin is saying Chris would be so pleased. I'm glad I haven't offended anyone today. No, yeah, no, one night. You, you've done good, AJ. You've done good. Um, right, my three was the punt from earlier, the Netflix movie Burnt. 
love this film. Absolutely love this film. It was my first time seeing it. I do love a good redemption story. I loved that Bradley Cooper and Sienna Miller have just got good fucking chemistry together. No matter what movie they cast them, be it this, be it American Sniper, they are good together, these two. Um, I do love being reminded just how much of a fine actor Bradley Cooper is. Um, like, I, I, I love that he can actually act. You know, he's oh, not yeah. just Rocket or The Hangover. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he can deliver. Or the A-Team. Even though I like yeah. him in all of those roles, and I include the A-Team in that, I like that movie. I um, did. I, I did. It's fun. But, yeah, he really is a damn fine actor, and I thought he perfectly captured... Like, he was American Gordon Ramsay here, as far as I'm concerned. Like, he... he yeah, no. The, the plate throwing, the name calling, but it was a really, really good story that felt it, it avoided unnecessary exposition. You got the backstory of what this character has been through. And I'd like you to retain this point for when we talk about my worst. Um, you got the information of what this character had been through and who this character is and how he is in this place right now through very clever means of dialogue it wasn't bashing you over the head it wasn't just saying something in a kind of factoid manner which we had to just accept because movie reasons it all felt very organic you know the way the conversations unfolded the way some of the betrayals happened the way the characters interacted with each other were all focused around this chef's previous misgivings so it it felt organic to me like the way people behaved felt real which for me made for a good movie now, i can't extend that comment to my worst which again we'll come to um but yeah it, it, it's the story of 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 a chef who should have been so much bigger than he is and he's looking for redemption and he heads to london to the langham he's still got you know a lot of drug debt to pay off from some bad people in paris he's still got a lot of demons to fight such as you know <laughs> such as having a real chip on his shoulder vis-a-vis of other chefs such as not being able to work as a team even though it is a sign of a great leader to being able to work with a team so he has to learn all of these things and he has to come to a place of self-acceptance which is if you know you fucked up one of the hardest things in the world is being honest about the fact that you fucked up one of the even harder things is coming to a place of acceptance where you stop hating yourself for fucking up. And the movie really does a nice job of showing that with very brief but important supporting appearances from people like Emma Thompson and for my girl, Alicia Vikander. My God, when she came on screen, I was like, oh, God, I fancy her so much. It's not right. Oh, God, I love Alicia Vikander. I really fucking do. Um, yeah, anyway, sorry. I love this film, and you want to talk much like Ratatouille. You want to talk about the glorification of food? I mean, the food in this movie was fucking art. It was art. It wasn't food. It was so pretty you didn't want to eat it. Yeah. Um, I saw this. Um, I was working at the hotel. My friend was still there. Probably 2018. And I've okay. not seen it again. But it, it, it sticks to me. And it, there's a chance it could have been higher had I not seen it. Because I remember the focus on food that this film delivers. You know? And the other thing that's, that sticks to me, and I'm not going to say it because I would not like people to watch this film, when they say payback's a bitch, man. 
Oh, when that Paris. when payback takes place, I was like, <gasps> "What I love, I always appreciate a movie that can double fuck you." Yeah. Payback's a bitch, and then what happened after? It's like, "Oh, you got me twice." <laughs> All right, I respect that. You got me twice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you can you can sometimes see the second twist coming. I didn't see it coming at this point. I was like. Okay, we still got some redemption work to do. Oh shit, you got me! <laughs> I was like, nice, yeah. nice, you got me. Yeah. I also, by the way, metaphorical blood on the hands, cayenne pepper. I was like, that's a nice touch. That's a fucking very clever, nice touch. Very, very well, very yeah. well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my three. I love Burn. Yeah, really, great really film. I Burn. wish I, in an ideal world, I would have seen it again, but I yeah. just didn't have. Chance to. It's a great film. Highly recommend it. Do you know what I think is quite sad about it as well? Have you seen It's Rotten Tomato Score? Oh, I imagine the critics wouldn't have liked this for the reasons that Chris just put up. Um, let me just read yeah. this comment out. Not a huge fan of the bland formulaic character journey in Burn. That's what people won't have liked. It is a copy and paste of every single redemption story you've ever seen. Yeah, there is again, nothing unique in it. Where this movie ranks high is that it is food porn. It yeah. is literally food porn. Um, so that's why it's so high for me. And the acting is chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, sorry, I've just seen this, this question from Gavin. Does the Iron Giant qualify? I watched it last night and really enjoyed it. That it's been he, a while since he, I've seen. AJ. He eats cars. He's having yeah. a funny, funny AJ. Well, Gavin's Gavin's got the chuckles tonight, which I like. <laughs> Sorry, let me get rid of that comment. But hey, look, I mean, it's foodie for its own reasons. But hey, I mean, it's sort of a machine that could, could be. Um, right, guys, I'm about to announce my worst. But before you do, if you can drop in your top ten or your Wait, final what? four, what? 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 no, you're not. That was my three. What's your two? Oh, right. I'm about to announce my two, but start typing anyway. Like, before that, it's worse, worse. And back. <laughs> Not that far. Yeah, true. I was about to I was about to print my number two, because this definitely isn't worse. This is our other punt. And this mm -hmm. is The 100 Foot Journey. Really good film. It's higher for you, so have at it. I, you know, thank God for Netflix. I typed in food on Netflix, and I saw this. And I'll be honest, it's one of those things that I didn't think was going to stick out. I've not heard of this film. Right. Before. It came out a few times on like lists when you type typing in, and I'm like, hundred foot journey. What's this going to be about? Right. And then you start hearing certain bits, and I still like. It, it felt on the nose. It felt like it's going to be one of those. You know what you said is very formulaic about burnt. I felt that this is going to be, it, and I thought it's going to just be cheap tack. It's just going to be like a oh, simple Netflix movie. Boy, mm -hmm. was I wrong. Mm -hmm. Boy, was I wrong. You've got a family in India. Excuse me. Is that back here? A family you in India. In, you mean an okay. Indian family? Yes, an Indian family in India. Yeah. No, because they're in France. They're not in India. Well, they start off in India and then they take the plane to France is what I was about to say. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so, they end up in France, <laughs> as I was about to say. And... <laughs> passive aggressive <laughs> passive aggressive ding from your phone there <laughs> no, I won't even get into that that's not a phone that's that through the laptop just finalizing some files that's just finalized yeah um so as they end up in this family have a culinary background and based on the wars that are happening in india they decide to 
seek refuge from it or whatever, and then end up in France. And the first thing that happens is they're taking this journey, and what they actually plan to do is not they're trying to find a home. So as they're driving, they've hired this van and they're discussing where they're going to go and what have you. The, the, the car veers out of control and end up talking to this lady who at the time just seemed very friendly and helps them get into town. As they get into town, they are an Indian family in France, very countryside side of France. So it's not that diverse. It's very French people only in this side of town. And the dad looks at this building and is like, hmm, this 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 would make quite well for a restaurant and his kids are like dad th th this this no this isn't what you can do back home this isn't going to work here this is france france do you know who france is france is the main place for food like you mm -hmm. need you need to be there like it, we can't do this it's like but yeah uh, the the french love french food because they've not tried anything else let's see what it can be and while they're looking and he's discussing his dream enter helen mirren this stuck up Bitch who has a, 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 a once Michelin star already and is determined to get a second who's like, what are you doing here? And it's it's that nosy neighbor that you just can't stand to hate. And I love this line from the dad. And it's in the beginning, guys, so it's not a spoiler, where they're like, I believe you're trespassing. And he goes, uh, do you own this property? He's like, no, um, it belongs to someone else. And he goes, oh, so you're trespassing too. I thought it was absolute fucking gold the way he smacked yeah. that out. Yeah. And essentially what happens is, these where her restaurant is the dad actually invests and opens an indian restaurant right opposite this very french one-star michelin restaurant and at the helm is his son who is such a masterful chef who mm -hmm. can create great foods and it's it's just a case of attracting people into mm -hmm. the restaurant and what the, i love the way the dad does works on stereotypes he gets his daughter in a sari he puts on he's he's traditional indian attire and it's just attracting people in and he gets them in with the the old school methods, essentially, what would work at home, and they said, don't do it, is how he got people through the door. And this winds Helen Mirren up. And it's just this battle of two cultures clashing. And it's what it leads to in the end, which I thought, as you said, such a charming movie. I just, I just loved it from the beginning. It's to great. End. It's really great. And the message, you know, without giving away too much of the ending, the message, even when he gets gets gradiated all the way to the top, top, top restaurant in Paris, I mean some of the food shots there just make you go i mean that's not food anymore yeah, if that's yeah, just yeah. you can't eat that that's that the, that crystal apple i was like stop it stop yeah. it i need to put that in my mouth um oh my god someone's gonna take that into a soundbite and it's gonna go online isn't it <laughs> oh, yeah. oh dear well we're there now enjoy have at it internet um <laughs> fuck, i'm gonna regret saying that aren't i um but yes even when he's graduated all the way to the very top what i love is that reminder that reminder of what home cooking is you know when he's yeah. like what is it you're eating oh it tastes great why don't we serve this type of food here you know it's like yeah, yeah. remember remember what your roots are don't ever turn your nose up to your roots and always 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 embrace them i thought it, it was such a lovely message delivered in such an a non-obnoxious way that's what i loved about it yeah yeah i i it's, it, there was nothing the only thing that bugged me and i don't want to spoil into it was a decision to cross the hundred foot i was like really hmm. but it opened up a door that just proves what my ignorance lies you know mm by making that 100 foot journey like, ah. but again it yeah it, it was beautiful absolutely beautiful story 
Chris, to answer your question, I've seen Salo, but I haven't seen the 120 days of Sodom. Salo, no, AJ, AJ. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. Okay. Banned fucked up movies. Don't don't watch them. Okay. Don't give them your time. Um, Ibrahim El Mala joining us for the first time. Thank you for joining us, Ibrahim. Lol, they were in India, had to flee and had some rough start in France. I'm assuming the lol is my... <laughs> it's either that or I described it really wrong. It's one of the two. But well, I'm welcome all the same. So thank you, yeah. A mixed memorabilia says, Om Puri and Helen Mirren in a film together is always going to be okay. That's damn right. Om, right, AJ, you know that film that I've been telling you to watch for years, which I imagine... This one I don't bring up often enough to have made a point about it. The Ghost in the Darkness. Yes. Val yes. Kilmer, Michael Douglas, Lion. Yes, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the lines, yeah. Om, Om Puri is in that. And he's okay. really, really, really good. And he's gold, guys, you know. He is gold. He I've, is. Got, I've got to be honest. And Chris Trangrove says it's the whole title, Nico Salo or the 120 Days of Summer. Sorry, when I watched it on f.movies.com, it just came up as Salo. So I didn't wasn't aware that was the full title. But yes, calling me edutained for the better, I think. Um, right. So that was your two, yes? Yeah. I have a feeling you're about to punt my number two. My number two, John Favreau and Co. in Chef. Punt. Yeah. Okay. Um, guys, just before we deliver our worst, please could everyone down in the comments, whether you're watching us live or watching us on demand, please, please, please down in the comment section, drop either your Rushmore or what your top 10 foodie movies are. And we will read them out just before we finalize the Rushmore. AJ, what is your worst? Did you guess what it was? I have a feeling because I believe it was also going to be my worst. What was it? Good Burger. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Welcome to Good Burger. I'm a Good Burger. Can I take you out of please? Okay, bro. Can I be real with you? Like, I I recognize that this film is god awful dredge, but I do have a soft spot for it because I like Keenan and Kel, and it. This was. I've got a weird, weird, nostalgic, nice memory. Do you remember Tebow Chang? Yeah. This is a throwback and a half to our school years, but so on my tenth birthday. Thibaut Chang got me this, and it was one of the first times that I was ever given any type of media as a present. You know, my family, it's not that they were like anti-TV or anything. God knows we loved watching TV and movies and whatnot. But, you know, the idea of getting VHSs on a birthday just wasn't a thing. It was something you yeah. get at Christmas. Birthdays were for, like, arts and crafts or for, like you know, um, sporting stuff. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's just the way my family was. It's not how I am now, but it's just how they were. It wasn't like his media for you to sit in front of the screen on. So it yeah. was kind of the first VHS. Yeah, this is VHS days. This is the first VHS I got on a birthday. So for that reason, it sticks with me. And I remember putting it in and going, and I didn't actually know who Keenan and Kel were yet. So it was like reverse engine. Yeah, it was reverse engineered for me. I was like, I'm not sure about the movie, but I do like these two. And this was also before the internet was what it is now. You know, I wasn't, I, I never even contemplated going on freaking Aviva or AOL or whatever the fuck it was. You know, dial up tone and say, who are the two characters in Good Burger? Because it probably would have taken 20 minutes to load a website. So I was, uh, I like these two. And then I found them later in the, later on on Nickelodeon on the Keenan and Kel show I was like Rah! 
okay, this is these two guys. I'm really into them. But yeah, the movie's dumb, but I've got a soft spot for it. So here's the thing. Because I was the reverse. Now, I'm not here to say that Cleaning and Kale was the most scientific of the comedies. It wasn't the smartest. Like, let's be honest. We had Saved by the Bell. We had all these others. Sister and oh. then we had Cleaning and Kale. You froze there for a moment, bro. Say that oh. again. All right. No, I'm saying we had Saved by the Bell, which was famous, but that was a bit before. Then we had a new era of, like, teen comedy. Sister Sister was on one side and then, well, all on Nickelodeon. And then you had Keenan and Kel. Now, you look back and you know Keenan and Kel is nothing smart. Like, you get better no. laughs out of Sister Sister. But... Who loves the orange fan. soda? Kel loves orange soda. soda. <laughs> is it true? Mm-hmm. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> like, it's gold. I remember wanting to see. I mean, it's day. bad gold, but it's gold. Yeah, but it was. It was. It was. A, it's a product of its time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like very these are the much TV so. shows that we miss. I remember wanting to see Good Burger because it's like, oh my god, Kenny Keller in a movie. Now it's not because he doesn't say Orange Soda, but I felt like their gimmicks could have just worked and were transferable. They 100%, made one hundred percent. They made them dumber than they were already in the other show. Do you know what I mean? But in similar roles. Like, that's the voice that Kel's character portrays was something that was just too much for me. And I just remember feeling, like, disappointed. Now, there's a part of me that smiled that I saw Good Burger, and I was happy that I saw it. And I was like, okay. Again, it's so formulaic, you knew where it was going. You You could smell it all happening, you know? But I just remember not being overly happy by it. I was like, mm, okay, it's okay, but it's not great. That's what I remember with Good Burger. Now, in in the same vein, I could have left it because I don't think it's got the ultra focus on food. And for the same reasons I left off Boiling Point, the same reason I left off The Founder, this doesn't really deserve to be worse if I use that same connotation. But in the same world that Ratatouille has made it into the top three and there needed to be a worst, there nearly was an omission of worst. But... Um, yeah, I, I just found that Good Burger was pretty weak as a film. And it was a letdown. I think the letdown also hurt. I mean, Chris is right. It is fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it really is fucking garbage. Um, Ibrahim Amala says, hi, folks. Glad to join you all. Thank you so much, Thank Ibrahim. You. Where did you join us from, by the way, Ibrahim? I always like to know where new followers are from. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, Ibrahim. Since you're language. new to the show, please let us know where you are joining from. We say this yeah. to all, all, uh, all of our new, all of our new film family members. AJ, listen, Good Burger was my worst. So we would have had a joint worst. Uh, Until I saw this. And it's the punt from earlier, and it's the menu. (sighs) I'm going to let you go with it first, because it was your number 10, and then I'm going to slam it. So here's the thing. You know me when there are certain spins that I can appreciate the menu and there are certain spins like maybe dust till dawn which i don't appreciate as much right there are two sides to me with a spin this film started off really good for me mm-hmm. right? i liked mm-hmm. the way they were going the film got progressively stupid to a degree that if it was anything else but a foodie movie because of the way food is being prepared and the way it's being laid out and the way it's being beautifully explained by ralph Fiennes in the beginning I am like, okay. However, what it delivered by the end is not something I endorse. And I really thought, when I first saw this, I'm like, this film's going to be, this film's going to be pretty high. And it just kept, and again, this is, this is a weak right? right. It just kept going from, I, I, 
right, we've punted. Chef, I felt was the benchmark, and I'd not seen Chef in its entirety, but I knew Chef was going right. to be high for me. It was Chef yes. and Burnt. I thought was going to be number two. Hundred Foot too. Journey, loved it, and that's what pushed Chef up, right? And Ratatouille. Now, every time it went from you start this film, and I remember here's the thing. I'm watching films. This is on Disney Plus, right? I'm watching films on my phone going to work back and forth. Like I've never hammered films in as much. I don't even know how I made the time this week. What happened was I started this film and I goes, the missus is gonna like this. And I stopped this film. I was like, this is a film we're gonna enjoy together. Mm. And she was there, and then she starts to hit me with, Oh, you didn't tell me it was a horror. And I'm like, to be fair, I didn't know. Like I've I've read it, but I don't know where it's gonna be. And it just went from two to three. The more films I saw, the more it was getting pushed up. And at one point, I was like, it's a solid eight. And I was like, no, I'm preferring my eight and nine. And I was like, it's ten. That's the gods on the truth. And that's fine. And that's for the I... way it's presented for food. No. Yeah. No. But I, and, and I am. I hear everything you've just said. And I agree with everything you just said. But I need to elaborate in order to butt slam this thing. Right? Yeah, go for it. Because... To Gavin Mann's point here, um, are you telling me the menu is worse than Good Burger and the Nutty Professor? No, I'm not. The reason it's my worst is because Good Burger and the Nutty Professor, while being so fucking stupid, and especially now so out of touch with, well, how were they meant to know how, how woke we were all going to get, right? It's not the movie's fault that they were made 30 years ago. <laughs> Um, no, listen, no, we, you know, as a movie, as a, as a movie, as a movie, the menu is well acted. It has an interesting premise. It's well shot. It's, it, 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 it's food porn city. So it should fit all these bills. Here's why the menu annoyed me. It lacked conviction. Let me explain what I mean by that. So no, I can agree with that. You know, I kind of went a bit Captain America Civil War on this thing. I kind of caught one thing and I was like, I'll let it slide. Then I caught another thing. I was like, it's fine. It's a bit of plot armor. We have to allow that I'm what is essentially a horror comedy. And it was these little things that kept on piling up. And then the floodgates opened and I was like, I'm going to deconstruct the living fuck out of this thing now and rip it a new one. Here's where it fucks up, right? So the whole basis of the menu is that this chef hates what has happened to the food industry. That is why he is going through with this whole thing, right? That's why he's got, supposedly, this collection of people here in front of him. And there's a scene where he breaks it down, and I'm like, I see where you're coming from. You know, you got the people here, you know, who have eaten at his restaurant 12 times, and yet they can't name a single fucking dish they had. You've got food critic and, and, and dick-sucking, uh, you know, friend here who are like trying to, yeah, doing what English teachers do to literature. It's like, what do you think the meaning of the word and is in this sentence? It's like nothing. It's a fucking word, right? It's like, stop looking for meaning where there is none. They're like those pompous idiots, right? And then you've got the pretentious film star. That, funnily enough, is one of the things which is going to counter this argument. No, you've got the group of accountants or whatever the yeah. fuck they who are doing this whole thing as like a power move, right? So essentially, what the chef what the chef is revoking is the direction that the food industry has gone on, right? It's like it's catering to essentially assholes. Yeah. 
But the lens through which these arseholes are presented and the type of arseholes that exist in this little bubble has nothing to do with the elitism that he so hates. I, I, I was thinking, I was like, okay, now hang on. So before I go deeper into this point, I was like, the one point where my argument falls apart here is these three accountants. Because, okay, basically the argument is this. These things that he's slamming people for have got nothing to do with this social class. They are... They, but, but the accountants, there was a spin into the... It was a personal grudge. It wasn't so much the elitism. It was the personal grudge that they had. I don't want to spoil it, but it was it was linked to him. Do you remember when... Yeah, yeah, I remember. Him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, re I remember. I remember all of that. And that's why it falls apart for me. So he hates the rich and he hates the way that the rich are presented to be the only ones who can access his food. Yet he caters to them. There's the hypocrisy for the starters, right? Then the part where it fell apart. So I I'm like, OK, so you've got this stuck up actor who name drops. Ooh. How awful. He's stuck up and he says that he's friends with someone. What a terrible man. I'm like, well, that's a dead fucking story right there. Then you've got a guy who's pretending to be smarter than he is. You know, uh, Nicholas Holt's character. Oh, you don't understand what he's trying to do with his food. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm I, on a, I am on a podcast every week pretending to sound smarter than I am. If, if that's the crime, color me. character was my breaking point on that film. So dumb. So dumb, it, and it's like, from it was the person you follow, and you're like, he's he's gonna learn a lesson. To by the end, I was like, this is this is just ridiculous. Though. Like, it is, it's ridiculous. fucking ridiculous. It is absolutely fucking ridiculous. So his character's big crime is he's trying to sound smarter than he is, and then he gets shown up in front of everyone for not being as smart as he is. Ooh, big bad boy, and then you've got. You know, these two elderly people who happen to have a lot of money and who have eaten in a posh restaurant a lot. I'm looking at them going, oh, forgive the elderly for having worked hard throughout their life. And now they can afford some of life's pleasures and not have to think about it a second time. Ooh, terrible people. And I'm looking at this and going, you're trying to present to me that you're doing this kind of cultish level murder on everyone. And they're meant to be these terrible people. But actually, they're kind of not. They're just like got basic human flaws. And then it came to the accountants. And I was like, yeah, this is where the thing falls apart. Hang on. No, it doesn't. Because you find out that the account, th th this partner, he's taken over the fucking firm. So he's even worse than the accountants are. He's worse than that, which he is fucking lambasting. And then, I mean, the whole thing fucking doesn't work for me, mate. Th this little, you have 45 seconds until we kill, uh, uh, until we catch you. That didn't lead to anywhere. There nothing, is nothing, nothing, nothing. There is nothing that this chef did throughout the movie at all that should result in these people strapped up like giant smalls at the end be saying, thank you, chef. Now, he may have some cultish influence over his, his chefs and sous chefs, fine. He's not done anything to the people that should be making their much of the words, thank you. He's got no power over Nicholas Holt that should have resulted in Nicholas Holt hanging himself. He has got... There is, <laughs> I love like, What's a French film. I don't give a fuck. I don't want people to see this film. But I don't want this film to be supported. It is a tremendous, wank-stained, UA Bowl-level piece of incoherent shit. Right? It doesn't make sense. And here's... You remember when he speaks to Nicholas Holt and he says, 
So, and they do the whole big, ooh, you brought her here knowing that I was going to kill everyone. You remember how, how long ago that was? Eight weeks. Yeah. Let's jump into the Nico Mathematics classroom, shall we? Let's have some fun with this. Do you remember how much people were being told a, a head a meal costs? $1,250 times 12. That's 2,500. Mm, that's not correct. 1,250 times 12. That is $15,000 a night he's bringing in. Yes? Cool. Mm -hmm. Times seven for one week. That's $105,000 he's making in a week. Times eight. That's nearly a million. $840,000 he has made from the time and we have to theorize that this has been going on longer than this because the restaurant's got such fame and notoriety. And the couple's been a returning couple. So that this is a lot. Bingo! So the whole premise of, I hate the rich, I hate catering to the rich, I'm going to kill all the rich. Yeah, all of them. 12, mate. Well fucking done. Most of them aren't even bad fucking people. And I'm going to do it on the basis of the rich have basically ruined food. It's like, hmm... Okay, person who's just taken over a big financial firm by assassinating an angel in water. Okay, person who for a minimum of eight weeks, or even though it's much longer, has just made nearly a million fucking dollars by serving not food. Oh, you hate the rich, do you? Rich boy. Like... Kiss my fucking ass. The lack of conviction that this character has. His words are empty. It's empty. I hate the rich, and I'm rich. Here's all these people who are terrible. What have they done? Oh, they, they, um, um, they've eaten here a lot, and and he's pretending that he knows me. Ooh. But the, it wasn't the pretend. It wasn't. It wasn't the pretend. It, it was stupid reasons that made you like when you, when it came to why I'm killing you. It was like <laughs> it was. It wasn't even laughable to like. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, is, that, is that why we came? It was the it was, biggest pile of fucking whatever I have seen for a do you very know what long I time. Wonder? Each to their own. But then the tech is so fucking guilty of bigging this movie up. Like I even remember him saying, "Don't tell them what happens. Don't tell them what happens." Bruv, Dan, if you're watching, love to you, my bro. Fucking nothing happened. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was going to question this, and I'm. we are similar in this, right? I wonder if those who find appreciation in this find appreciation in Jordan Peele movies and stuff. Because the same way I can't relate to Get Out and I just think, really? It's the same way I kind of felt about this. And again, Dan came back from, excuse me, hating Nope to appreciating Nope. Do you understand? So, no, I'm never watching this movie again. This movie is not getting my no, time. No, no, I'm not, asking, I'm not asking you to watch it again. But I'm saying it's that pool of people. Because for Den, who has a beef with Ralph Fiennes, and was like, I don't enjoy, I don't support this guy's movies. To, I sat down and this was really good. Do you know who else I, 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 I kind of have a question for on this? Leon. Leon, as a man who doesn't watch films. Sorry, guys, we are getting a bit personal here. Mm. But here's another friend of ours who doesn't watch movies. Right? We won't get into how he votes for stuff. That's a different story. Okay, Bo Dallas. <laughs> like, he doesn't watch movies. Tell me I'm wrong. Like Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah? Tell me say? I'm wrong about Bo Dallas. <laughs> I said you had a point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Without going into the wrestling territory, it was like, 
oh, I've sat down and I've watched this film. Like, I don't watch movies, but this film caught me. And it does in the beginning. It has all the premises to be... Um, I think Mixed Memorabilia said it here. The menu became somewhat disjointed. It could have been a better film. It was a good film that had the potential to be so much better. Now, it, I'm not going to say it was a good it film. It was a good film for potential. 50 minutes. Bro, yeah. I messaged Den. Literally, I messaged Den because it was his recommendation. 50 minutes into the film saying, this is fucking crazy. I'm really enjoying this and I'm only 50 minutes in. Yeah. I should never have sent that text because literally the moment that text got sent and I swapped the apps and went back to Disney Plus and watched this, pooh, we fell off a cliff, my bro. We fell off a fucking I, I was really disappointed. And I, it, do you know what, I, it, what also got to me is the ending tried to show what humble beginnings are, you know? And I was just like, is that what we're really starting off? Because if we see what, what meal she made him prepare for her who's not touched it. I was like, is this really what we're doing? They had so many interesting ways they could have unraveled this film. They could have gone down a kind of usual suspects, um, you know, non-linear chronological backwards and forwards to see how he got these people here. Had some flashbacks. Although I'm not not a fan of flashbacks, but show these people doing bad so you kind (laughs) of see, you know, a reason for what he's doing. Equally show him being bad. So if you want to tell the story of there not being any good people, which has been done to death but there you go um and it, it or you could have done things like very like, like, like kind of what fight club does like very cleverly or, or the fucking movie we were talking about earlier where was that burnt you're cleverly using dialogue to build backstory this movie basically did neither it had a clever idea what happens when a chef of such such esteem gets to such a level that it almost becomes cultish and that chef goes fucking nuts and decides to exact hellfire and smory brimstone on the world you had an idea there and it's like you lacked much like the fucking movie and the characters in it the filmmakers lacked the conviction to follow well, through on a good go. idea Talking filmmakers, I have to bring up this one from Chris Chengro. Did you see who produced the menu? Adam fucking McKay and Will fucking Ferrell. Well, that's that, annoying because I like Adam McKay. So that yeah, really annoys but, you me. Know, I did spot Will Ferrell's name in the beginning of this film. And I was like, oh, oh, is he in the film? And then I was always producer and I was like, I'll still give it a shot. And it starts off so well. It starts off so well. But literally, first 50 minutes is Adam McKay, and then we'll put it down to Will Ferrell. Yeah, it just nosedives. And I was actually really disappointed in it. Now, as I say, because of the, the level of preparation and stuff that you see in that first 50 minutes, that's why it made number 10. It had that, oh, this, this is a foodie movie. It gives mm-hmm. you the foodie And, you know, again, it's not a spoiler. Excuse me. It's what he says. Um, I love Anya Taylor-Joy's reply to this. But it's really said, I don't want you to eat the food, you know? And you're like, what? You're like, I want you to taste it. I want you to embrace it. You Experience know? it. Yeah. It, it gives you this, oh, this this is a foodie movie. Ends in absolute shite. <laughs> Such Honestly. shite. Such shite. What was, what was the fucking point of running away for 45 seconds? That what was, was the point? There was literally no point. And the fact that they used that as the selling piece in the in the marketing, the whole world thought this is like Hell's Kitchen meets the Hunger Games. That's what everyone fucking thought. This movie, I'm so glad I didn't see it in the cinema. And I'm never watching it again. It was so fucking mismarketed to pretend like it's something it's not. Fuck this film. Fuck um, this film. That is a key point. 
I would have been severely disappointed if I'd put money in the cinema for that. Severely disappointed. It would have. I think if I'd seen it in the cinema, it would have been worse because I would have been fucking fuming. That's the truth. Fuming. I'm not gonna lie. I'd have been fuming. Irrelevant of where it fell on the list. Yeah, Good Burger would. I would have put Good Burger on to shit on this film if I paid to see it in the cinema. Oh yeah, it's the truth. And by the way, it's funny you say that because I nearly did. You went nutty professor. I get. I, I went get nutty it. professor. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Fuck I get this it. film. Okay, cool. It. Long rant over. Fuck this film. AJ, you're number one. Right. It's it's the punt, and it's the film that has always stuck to me. When I heard we're going to do a foodie movie, it stuck out to me. Yes. John Favreau, chef. It was it to me short of being outdone by any of these films that I saw. I knew Chef or Burnt was going to be the number one. And had I seen Burnt again, again, time done it. I saw, I've seen elements of Chef here and there. And I always said I've wanted to see this film. And I, I just think it's a great journey. It you really know, is. It, it, you're talking again, a chef who could have been so much more. It, it's a chef who knows what to do. It, you know, we take Catherine Zeta-Jones' character from No Reservations or, you know, Martha from the original German film. Like They know their passion. You've got an owner who has a passion for food, but doesn't get what, what they've got in their hand. They don't understand the goal. And, you know, Dustin Hoffman's character is a is a restaurant owner who, for better off, is holding John Favreau back. He's like, yeah, we've got a critic coming. Just stick with what people know. Just stick with what people know. And he's like, but we can blow their minds. This, this is dated. Like, let me be me. And the, the food porn in this film, which also what I appreciate, is it's it's not just in the restaurant. Just him cooking a simple meal at home. Is, is, well, is I want a Cubano. That's all I'm gonna say. I want one of those sandwiches. Yeah, but I'm talking about when he's making the even bro. He's omelet. He's mm -hmm. omelet before when he's getting pissed off at the food critic, and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's a feast. It's a banquet, yeah. and that's what. I, excuse me. What stuck to me in this film is it's moment after moment. You know, it's it's the highs, it's the lows. There's reminiscent parts of, of Burnt in there. It just gave me a feel for food at every given moment, even down to the fact that, again, such an esteemed chef, like, you should start up a food truck. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than a food truck. To making the food truck what it is, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's all the elements. It's it, it has the highs, it has the lows, it has the disconnected father, it has the comedy. You know, for all of that, a cameo from Robert Downey Jr. gives you the feels of comedy in that. The, the the Twitter moment where his dad goes so good. I thought I sent a DM to what it's become and how it infuses this war. Him going viral on TikTok or whatever it would be in their world because he smashes up this chocolate fun. It I, I just thought it was absolutely great. There was nothing that I could knock about this film, and I was like, yeah, it it, it it's number one. It's great. I love the father son story as well. Um, I I, I love. I, I again the redemption. I love the fact that just by making fucking sandwiches and wraps, the critic who slammed him before comes to his food truck and is like, "You are a great chef." Yeah, it's yeah. you know, just... and again, it's it's very similar to Ratatouille. It's what you don't yeah. expect to hit a critic. It's like, oh, that got you. You know, it's yeah, it's <laughs> Scarlett Ibrahim <laughs> Al Mala, um, Scarlett Johansson eating that pasta dish. I I can go sign that. But everything, everything is just gold in this film. Yeah, and it was my number one, AJ, for the longest fucking time until four days ago when I watched a documentary 
that blew me away. And I don't think I may be wrong. Um, jump in the chat and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe Andy Hart mentioned it. Maybe Mixed Memorabilia mentioned it. I don't think anyone else did. And apologies if that's not true. But literally, of the many, many, many people, when I put out on Saturday, what's your bet? What's the best foodie movie? I didn't see anyone bring this up. I haven't even seen anyone in the chat raise it tonight. But the best foodie movie for me is a Japanese documentary called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. So when I Googled for foodie movies, this came up a lot. Now, I don't know why. I don't have beef with documentaries, but I always say I'm going to get to those. I'm going to get through the films first before I hit a documentary. And that's primarily why I didn't see this film, this documentary slash movie. But I, it, nothing, there was not a negative, like all sides seem to have mentioned it. There was this, and there was another film, I think it was about a Danish family who bring in a, a French cook. That was another one that okay. came up everywhere. But this, yeah, the mark, bro, the, the mark for me, the mark of a great documentary is not only when you can make something quite niche and obscure. And but oh, for all of our American listeners, it's niche. It's not niche. It's it's niche. Okay, niche. French word. N i c h e. It's not t. It's not ch. It's sh. Like as in shut the fuck up. It's don't niche. do that. Cause that's an sh. I'm, I'm phonetically saying how you pronounce it. Yeah. Niche. Okay. If the SH helps you, roll with that. Niche. Okay. Anyway, less slamming our friends. Um, but when a documentary, in my opinion, becomes truly great is when it not only takes a very, to some obscure subject matter, um, and we're not talking just about sushi here, but I'll develop this. Um, an obscure subject matter and elevates it to be about so much more than what it originally the audience thought it was setting out to do. Jiro Sushi is a story of a man called Jiro. He's 85 years old, still working. Not because he's poor, not because he has to, not because society's got him down, because he wants to. Because he's something called a shokunin. Now, if you know Jack, I mean, they kind of briefly explain what shokunin is in this movie. You don't need to have a huge understanding of Japanese culture to appreciate this movie, just as a forewarning. Yeah, so, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, a shokunin is someone who has dedicated their whole life to a single craft in the aim of achieving the unattainable, which is perfection. That's the idea of what shokunin is. One important thing to note when you're watching this movie is shigoto which is the japanese word for work work is important to us in the west we value work we value money we value capitalism as a, as, a, as a function even though we shit on it half of the time it's a lot better than all the other options for most part shigoto work to the japanese is like holy so you're and that's your average japanese person you have to understand your average Japanese person, because of their cultural ideology towards work, works much harder than your average workaholic from the West. And the shokunin is many, 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 many levels above that. Like these guys are cream of the cream of the cream of the cream of the crop of coming to workers. So Jiro explains that the way to be happy in life is to not go into work hating your work. Even if you're not happy is to find the things you love and make those your raison d'être, make those your reason to be, right? 
and what Jiro has done throughout his life. He left home when he was eight. Like his story is genuinely wow. moving. He leaves home when he's eight, goes and works as, you know, a fucking floor sweeper, and he graduates to owning minute for minute and dish for dish the most expensive restaurant on the planet. Like what they charge in this restaurant for just sushi. They don't serve anything else. There's no tempura. There's no gyoza. There's no edamame. They just serve sushi. That's it. This, this You can go on their website now. It's a real thing. Like years and years and years of waiting list. Um, years of waiting list to get into this restaurant. So the movie is at face value, the story of a man who is obsessive about sushi a, sh a sushi shokunin a man who has dedicated his whole life to achieving sushi perfection but then you find out he's got an older son and a younger son you find out that the younger son is the one who has the chain restaurant and you're like it's very strange and the movie starts planting these seeds of so why is it looking at face value like the older son isn't valued as much? And the beautiful thing about documentaries is that they don't have to follow the narrative structure of a dramatic movie. You know, in a dramatic movie, there'd be a whole exposition or a whole explanation about this is the backstory of him and the older son. This is why the older son behaves in this way. Here's images of the older son behaving in a way that isn't appropriate. You don't get all that in a documentary. You just get these little subtle indications that maybe there's something that's rotten in the state of Denmark between G Jiro and the older son. And it tricks you into thinking that. And it's got a bigger picture too. It's got all these connotations of global warming. It's got these connotations of overfishing. It's got these connotations of Japanese society. And funnily enough, Jiro, which it's literally, it's 10 seats in his restaurant. Yeah, 10 seats. That's it. They don't even have a toilet inside. And yet it's got three Michelin stars. Like that's fucking unheard of for that to be a thing. Right. And then, ah, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it's yeah, uh, it, I, I literally the credits rolled. And I sort of in this very chair, I went back and went. What, what, what platform is it on? AJ Vision. OK, OK. For some reason, I thought I saw it on Disney Plus, but yeah, I know I need Shiro Dreams of Sushi might be my favorite documentary ever. It's that good. Nice. Nice. There have been some amazing documentaries in the 21st century, and of course, before that, you know, you go back to Cousteau's documentaries in the 40s, in the 50s, and 60s, and 70s. Fantastic, amazing, eye opening stuff. You talk about some of the modern ones, you know, you talk about Icarus, you talk about fucking cartel lands. There have been some, and I, I, there's so many I'm not naming for lack of time. There's some amazing documentaries. Jiro Dreams of Sushi, I genuinely think is my favorite documentary ever. Nice. The nice. food porn on display in this movie, even if you don't like sushi, I personally love it. I know, AJ, you're not down with the fishies, but... Well, listen, it doesn't mean I can't appreciate it. Like, I, I'm, I'm seeing lobster getting cooked, and I'm like, ooh. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, there's a mm. film called Dinner Rush that I was finishing, but I, I was a bit foodied out by the time. It nearly made the list, though. Had I given it a bit more love. Like, I saw them cooking a lobster, and I was like, oh, I don't, but ooh. <laughs> like, it doesn't, you don't have to be in it to be in it, is what I'm trying to say. It's incredible, bro. 
It's about so much more than just sushi. It's about family dynamics. It's about life aspirations. It's about working your way up from nothing. It's, again, a real story of redemption, um, food that just makes you, even just to look at it, makes you go, oh, like, happy to be alive. Like, I, I, I can't speak highly enough for it. And yet, I'm not going to fight for it to be on the Rushmore because I know no one will have fucking seen it. I hear that, bro. I hear that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And so, speaking of Rushmore, by the way, Andy, thanks for jumping in and joining yeah, us, Yeah, thanks for joining in, Andy. Um, I just want to bring this up because I think Andy said it and I think Ibrahim said it as well, but I can't find the post anymore. Um, best food thing I've seen lately on TV, Stanley Tucci searching for Italy on BBC and the Bear on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I saw the Stanley Tucci thing. I think it's also on Netflix as well. Um, I just didn't get a chance to watch it, but I've heard that that's some big stuff. Um, Pedro also asked, this is before we go into Rushmore territory. Mm -hmm. Have either of you seen Exterminating Angel or Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie? Have you no. seen either? I can't say no. I have. Um, also told we should have watched Dr. Sunshine instead of the menu. I can't say I've seen it. So, Calling Dr. Sunshine is Dr. John Leguizamo's movie in the menu. Uh, of course, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I've blasted that. See, even <laughs> that was forgettable. That's how shit that movie is. Yeah. Um, Ibrahim says, chocolate, chocolate. I chocolate, I nearly got around to seeing. I didn't I have was time. Watch, I started it. I'm not saying it didn't catch me, but I started watching films at home as opposed to on my travels, and the missus had seen it. So we started going on for films that were fresh to both of us. I um, chose the menu over chocolate. Imagine how I feel. <laughs> And also, Ibrahim, I don't know if you saw it, he's followed us on Twitter recently, so that's how he's Yes, yes, and I followed him oh. back. Yeah, so I appreciate him, thank you for that. Okay, guys, um, let's see, is there any more comments that's just come in? Oh, Jiro is on Amazon Video. Thank you, Gavin. Um, is that paying? <laughs> then it's on AJ Bush. Okay. <laughs> oh, Andy. Andy likes the menu and watched it at the cinema. No, I, I would have been fuming. I would have been fuming. I appreciated it for what I saw, but I wouldn't. I would have been fuming had I seen that in the cinema. Right, Rushmore time. Are we going through there? Let's go through it. So, RJ Skarinki at the top of the show said Willy Wonka slash Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and Food of the Gods. Mixed Memorabilia has said my ten not in order: the lunchbox, boiling points, takeout, the menu, no, the hundred foot journey, the boss. The Boss Anatomy of a Crime, The Platform, Chef, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, Estomago, A Gastronomic Story. I was expecting it to say A Gastronomico Story there. Sorry, I went to Spanish, Estomago. Um, <laughs> Gavin Mann said, 10, Tremors. That's dirty, Gavin. 9, Super Size Me. 8, Ratatouille. 7, The Lunchbox. 6, A Matter of Loaf and Death. 5, Seven. Nothing to Hide, Le Jeu. Four boiling point three, the founder, two delicatessen, one Willy Wonka. I, I uh, found a link that talked about delicatessen. I need to see more about that. I, yeah, I can't remember. I do I'm need to get around to watching that properly one day. Um, HT to chef, half time to chef for having some of the best food porn imagery in movies, half time to sideways for wine porn. My rush more four pig, three Babette's feast, two Tampopo, one Ratatouille. Babette's feast that's the one I think that's meant to be. That's another one that came up a lot. Yeah, too many good films. Oh, hang on now. Um, 
Andy Hart says, just in time to drop my Rushmore. Delicatessen, Boiling Point, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her Lover, Somos Lokei, and we'll catch the rest on pod. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. The menu wishes it was Bunnell, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, a few uh, of those I start just because I just wanted to acknowledge um, comments, so it's not actually Rushmore's. Right. Cool. Okay, right. well, we've we've covered those then. Uh, are we good to say chef? Your number two, my number one? I think we're definitely good to say chef. Cool. I would love to put 100 foot journey. I don't know how well seen it's seen though. It, not well seen. I, I, I'm happy to put it on, although I would say that we have to put Ratatouille on. I was, I, that literally was the next one. Ratatouille gets some love. So, yeah, yeah. Chef Ratatouille, I'm Ratatouille. down to I mean, buying new Rushmore rules, the 100-foot journey does need to go on, but it is going to get arse-raped online. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's... Because, again, there are films that you've seen, we've both seen, so there's an argument fit. to be made it's for the founder. founder. The founder mm -hmm. could go in, and it is different, mm -hmm. and that's most diverse. Da, 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 da. So that, mm -hmm. let's go with the founder. I wish you'd seen Supersize Me. I really do. I need. To, I need to start hitting documentaries. I really do. I, I'm... Yes, boy, you do. So oh, putting it over to the live crew now. What do we want to give people the choice to pick between the Nutty Professor? <laughs> i wish i wish i wish people could see toast i i i find toast really like i think burnt and hundred foot journey are too hang on we both had burnt burnt surely needs to go in i'm scared for burnt i honestly am i again bear in mind it's a netflix movie i don't know how much love it's got out there i feel burnt and a hundred foot journey are two films willy wonka I, okay, I'm not opposed, but it is it is screener's choice here, isn't it? Okay, live chat, it's over to you. These are your choices. We have got... Burnt. I'm, I'm just putting them in the comments now. Willy Wonka. Burnt. 100-foot journey. And we've got a few of you watching. First to three. First to three. And while you guys are doing that, uh, so I am going to be a prick, and I, I, I hate to do it, but it has happened, and it's only to call it for fair. And I do apologize when I say this, bro. Uh, the menu was my number 10. So it is eligible. As much as it's a heap of shit. Cool. It's not going on. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've seen it come up a few times. I'm just, I'm, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> Not acknowledging its existence. Veto. That's a strong veto, so I won't, I won't challenge it. Yeah. <laughs> challenge. Gavin Man says, really Wonka. Makes memorabilia says, 100 foot. Guys, I need more of you to comment. Ibrahim, Chris, come on, guys. Let's have at it. Andy Hart, if you're still here, get in Mixed there. Memorabilia said 100 makes foot memorabilia said well. Makes memorabilia said 100 foot. I've got two answers here. Over, yeah. Need some more of you to get involved here, guys. If we don't get Pedro. an answer, we're going to pick ourselves. Pedro, where are you at? Come on, guys, make a pick, make a pick, make a pick. I, I, I deliberately singled out Pedro because um, he was the one who said that the fourth, <laughs> the fourth spot belongs to screeners. So mm. <laughs> follow that through. Mixed member really said lunchbox got mentioned a few times. I'm if it did, that, I'm willing for people to put that out there as well. 
Lunchbox I'm scared of that. I don't know how much love. Mixed memorabilia get. says the lunchbox, but if it's this. Listen, between the lunchbox and a hundred foot journey, you have to put a hundred foot journey on. Lunchbox okay. will get slapped. Yeah. Still trying to figure out the ins and outs of this new side of the studio. Right, guys, I'm not getting any answers. Everything's just put a hundred foot journey as well. I was literally going to do a count. Let's going to go a hundred foot journey then, okay? Thank you very much, Ibrahim. Appreciate you joining us on 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 um, pod. Cool. And uh, Ibrahim, since you are new, please, we are live every single Tuesday at this time, 9 p.m. UK time. Uh, would love to see you back here. The guys who you've seen in the chat, the guys and girls who you've seen in the chat tonight, they're all regulars. So please become one of our regulars. It would be great to see you back Film here. Family. Film family. You got it. But let's lock this in now, AJ. Have you got it? I've got it. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, the official movie Mount Rushmore of foodie movies in no particular order is Chef. Our second entry is Ratatouille. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe I'm like, for it, go. Our third entry is The Founder. Our final entry into the movie Mount Rushmore of foodie movies is The 100 Foot Journey. Guys, uh, big shout out to uh, Gavin Mann at Gavin Mann on Twitter and at Chris Trengrove uh, for the selection of this episode. It was a really, really fun, really fun one. Um, Can I be honest? Like, I don't hate Rushmore, but I love them all. But that's a very strong, like, there were some really good films in there. Like, each oh, yeah. one of them is like I could bat for very hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but AJ, yeah, uh, wrap this up. Say to people where they can find the pod and what they do next. That's the one, guys. So thank you for joining us again. As always, the support is amazing. Tell your friends to tell your friends. Tell five people to tell five people. And it helps us grow. Like, comment, subscribe. And again, if you've got people who can't watch a show for, well, just over two hours, but they'd love a pod, tell them that the Silver Screen Dudes, they're available everywhere, baby. They are available on... You got it? I don't know. Sorry, oh, I've right. just okay, gone in <laughs> They are available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Podcast Addict. And just search for Movie Mount Rushmore. And you'll find us there. All the love is appreciated. Nico, over to you for those who would like to just send some support our way. You mentioned what people do now with regards to the voting. Oh, of course, yes. And obviously, if you would like to vote for these, then head on over to at Movie MT Rushmore. But more importantly, the person will be retweeting JT from We Love Movies. So head on over to at Movie Pulse for you. And there you will see the full films and you will crown El Capitan, El Numero Uno, the best of the best of the best. We have honors. And of course, to Pro Highlander, in the end, there can only be one. Yes, there can be only one. Oh, damn it, Andy's here. Right, move on. <laughs> move on, move on, move on. <laughs> it makes you sweat, doesn't it? Uh, but yeah, guys, so that's the principle of the Rushmore. We've picked a four with the help of you. And now you vote for the overall winner at the locations AJ just said. Please do remember, if you do like our content uh, for literally less than the price of your daily coffee, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash movie dudes and you can support us at any level that you are comfortable with. Or there's a membership there. 
five pounds a month just as a way to say hey thanks good job guys keep the content coming much love but that's pretty much it for me guys that's pretty much it from aj i think we're gonna wrap that up uh, our topic oh, by the way, next HT week hat tip, not half time from sorry chris when chris had put ht it was oh. hat tip too though hat, yeah. hat tip okay um i like that actually Tip of the yeah, hat. Very like good. Um, our topic next week, guys, uh, from Saint Jackie G, who we haven't had on the show for quite a while. Hopefully, she'll make a return next week. Um, but our topic next week is the top 10 movies released in January. Sounds like a bit of a strange one. We all know that January is mostly a cesspool graveyard of a month when it comes to films, although there are some exceptions to the rule. And we are going to be looking at movies that released in January throughout the years and show that there are some very good movies that are there. Especially here in the UK, actually, considering that most of the Oscar movies come out about now. Like Chris Trengo's favorite movie, for instance, from last year, Tar. That's out now. Like so. Yeah, yeah. But I I'm gonna go off of more widespread kind of US-based releases because it's yeah. so easy to just either otherwise pick a load of Oscars and people will go, that's like three months late. So, <laughs> so. I'm not going to lie. Mine is based off of like Watch Mojo and stuff. It's going to be very US-based. It's not going to be a lot of research. It's going to be very season one AJ to a degree. I mean, like, I love that movie. Like It's, it's going to be personal to me next week. So yeah. I've got one that's very much like that. Um, Gavin Mann says, would be good to have Jackie back. Well, Gavin, tell her then at St. Jackie G on Twitter. Go and tell her, hey, it's your episode next week. Come back. We want you back. And Chris Trengov, I need to see Tar. It's very, very much on my to see list. But yeah. Um, so yeah, top movies released in January is uh, going to be next week, guys. Um, there are some bangers in there as well as some less bangers, but still fun. Um, but yeah, that's it from us. We will see you next week. Same that's time, not, no, same place. No, hold on. No, it's not. No, it's not. Next week is not. No. Nah. Ah, thank you. Please. Yeah. Yes. Um, guys, I had some rather unfortunate news vis-a-vis -vis of one of my friends recently. Um, it's a bit morbid way to end the show, but I just want to be real with you all. Diagnosed, unfortunately, with stage four lung cancer. I know it's a bit of a downer to end the show this way, but I have got to go to a fundraising dinner, a cancer fundraising dinner, which I'm filming um, next Tuesday. So there will be no show next Tuesday, but we are going to do the show on Wednesday, exceptionally. So, Ibrahim, I know it's confusing considering we just said, like, we're going to be doing this every Tuesday. Mostly it's every Tuesday. Just next week is the exception when it will be on Wednesday. Otherwise, guys, don't smoke. <laughs> Please don't smoke. Um, stay healthy. Stay safe. And we will see you all next week. On Wednesday, 9 p.m. right here on Movie Mount Rushmore Podcast. See ya. See ya.